What's up, guys? Welcome to Kind of Funny's Transformers in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the Transformers Cinematic Universe. Strap in, everybody. Strap in. Uh, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Big Dog Kevin Koala. Oh, oh. Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. Oh, Mr. Diet Coke in the morning, Nick Scarpino. How's no, that? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to be hearing a lot of that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do that every five minutes. You know why? Because that's what Michael Bay would have fucking wanted, apparently. Every I didn't realize how many times Josh Dumal did it. That's the big sin. He doesn't get any credit for that. He's he so does handsome. it first. No, 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 no. He's so handsome. What an asshole. This is kind of funny. Transformers <laughs> in review. Every week, we're going to be reviewing and ranking one of the Transformers movies. We are concurrently doing Back to the Future, so if you're interested in that as well, you can go check that out because uh, we do the show live on twitch.tv slash games. You can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen to it by searching for Kind of Funny Reviews on your favorite podcast service. If you want to get the show ad-free, we have options for that too. Go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, and you can do that just like Patreon producers Muhammad Muhammad, Justin Toft, Das Bear Jew, and Black Jack did. Uh, today we are talking about Transformers. One from 2007, uh, released July 3rd, 2007. A fun fact for this in review continuity here uh, Fact of the Future was released on July 3rd as well, 1985. Oh, wow. Good day. When week. we make the kind of funny movie, can we release mm-hmm. it on July 3rd? Sure. Sure. That's good. Great. Yeah. What about July 4th, America's birthday? Nah, no, bro. No. Because we need to own July 3rd. July fourth, are unless you think we can get July fourth. The government back owns that. The thing is, they, okay. they own it. They won't let it go. Kevin, can we look into the legalities of owning July fourth and fifth, just in case? You know how you get the website, you get <laughs> scarpino.net and scarpino.org. Yeah, you gotta Why get just because the government has hard enough to get that twenty years ago. <laughs> He's an underscore. Yeah, I am underscore. This, this movie <laughs> coming out on July fourth or around July fourth makes a lot of sense for the ridiculous amount of patriotism and American flags in every fucking America's shot. Pretty great. So, yeah. uh, directed by Speak English here, man. Michael Bay. Okay, <laughs> Michael Bay, uh, director hey guys, of Armageddon. The uh, first fucking Michael Bay movie we reviewed. That's good, man. You that's know? hey, I'll take it. I'll take you know it. You mean? know what I mean? Uh, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys, as we've reviewed before, and then all of the Transformers uh, movies up until Bumblebee. Um, the one thing that I didn't know that was a weird fact when I looked at his Wikipedia, his cousin-in-law is Leonard Nimoy. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which is really random. Is and he that, comes up, works, future though? spoilers, later. I don't I know. Don't think, I don't think you can have a cousin-in-law. Yeah. I don't think they care that much about it. But like, uh, According to Wikipedia, it's the truth. And you it's can't always play. one of those things where, like, like, Kevin, does Paula have any brothers or sisters? She does. She has a sister. So, like, what? Okay, so if the sister gets married... Yeah. What is that person to So this is a conversation that they came up with us recently where I was is like, that the that's Quellos? my brother-in-law, right? The no, were right? All... Is it? I don't exactly. know. I mean, I feel like... Because my wife's sister's brother, I call him my brother-in-law, but sense. I don't know if he really is. I, I feel like he is. You mm-hmm. know? At, like, what's the what's the cutoff point, though? I see what you're saying. Yeah. But it was, far, I, I'd say removed. second cousins. You know what I mean? When's it like, not what's... okay to fuck them? No. All right. Well, I guess wrong family to ask that, but uh, <laughs> that's not funny. Years, that's not funny. Years. 
uh, a box off or no, a budget of 150 million dollars. Uh, Michael Bay spent most of the films 150 million dollars on 15 practical action sequences because uh, he wanted to make sure the visual aspects, visual effect aspects of the film did not overwhelm the live action elements. Oh, did he? <laughs> Yeah, that was the goal. He failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> a box office of $709.7 million. Transformers was the highest grossing non-sequel film in 2007, um, making it Bay's fourth highest grossing film to date with three of the sequels surpassing it. It was also the fifth highest grossing film in 2007 worldwide. That was the interesting thing to me. It was like, this wasn't number one. Like, you know, Transformers kind of like gained momentum over time. Obviously, it did super well, but it was behind uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Spider-Man 3, and Shrek the Third. Holy oh, shit. Shrek. Shrek was well, a killer back What's then. interesting there is also those are all established franchises, you know? Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it was like the yeah, like Trans- non-sequel. Transformers isn't established like brand, though. But at that he point, went into this with a lot of juice. I feel like at that point, there were not like it was a known brand but in the same way that like gi joe is where it's like those, i was about to say that the numbers yeah, there's are another established brand called gi joe and that movie did not do great no. you know yeah because they underutilized channing tatum in that <laughs> <laughs> good lord one day gi joe in review baby oh, look at my uh, shirt look at how weird my shirt looks on this camera it's pretty cool oh dances oh, more red it looks you like guys you have an led screen just in here. case you guys missed the moray of the back wall here you go kevin <laughs> great now nick is our wall a runtime of an I hour 23, two hours 23 minutes of course we're going to avoid sp- future spoilers i don't even this. remember what the future holds for this movie and two hours and 23 minutes for this movie is should actually be a crime he should be tried it was so long it, it was, was very, very, very fucking long um so before we get into the the plot and all this stuff let's just talk about it man transformers what did we think because for me I've seen this movie more than most movies in my life. Uh, I saw this in theaters four times because I was a big Transformers enthusiast. And the first time I saw it, I was more upset at it than any of my friends. They all fucking loved it. But me being the fucking Transformers purist, I was like, this is bullshit. I don't like it. But then I forced myself. Exactly. Why did you see fucking kill times? Because I, really, I wanted really it to be, yeah, I wanted it to be good so bad, and there was that. elements of it that we were saw, cool. What, uh, Last Jedi twice, you know. Yeah. I didn't. No, but I'm like we me and Tim did. Oh, okay. So you guys wanted to try and find the goodness in it. Yeah. Last no, Jedi is a, di- a different D-box. comparison because at least you can understand that like a capable director was trying to do something different with Last Jedi, and I could I could understand his perspective. I don't understand what Michael Bay was going for here because. Every single opportunity he has to build an incredibly hype moment, he just it just he just lets it go and fall and it falls flat. There are moments in How this many where like jokes are there in this. People, there's like five peeing on things jokes. Like Mojo pees on something, then Jazz pees on something, then Ironside pees on Jazz, and then I don't know, I don't know what the hell's going on with this. But like this movie is, it's almost like every scene was the scene that you would cut out of a better Transformers movie. And the big, to me, the big sin of this is that they have a decent cast, and like Shia LaBeouf is actually a, a, a very fun actor to watch in this. I really like him in this. They, they, I like him in this a lot too. But he has to carry literally the entire movie. And the sad thing is, the screenwriters gave him absolutely nothing of any importance to do for two hours and twenty minutes. Like the big travesty of this movie is, and it to me is the big sin of any any movie that's that's like action plot driven is that everything happens to him, not because of him. Even him picking the car, 
Like contrast that with Bumblebee, where she finds she goes. The guy's like spoilers. Trying to sell future future spoilers. spoilers. Is that in this world? I've never. Yeah. Seen, it is. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, well, then I guess I won't say that. But like, but <laughs> there's there are choices made in Bumblebee that the character makes that sets her on the path, the hero's journey. In this, literally, the car comes up to him and is like, pick me, pick me, pick me, and then won't, he can't not pick that car, if that makes sense. So, like, every single thing that they give the humans to do in this is completely boring and just feels like just this weird, like, we got to give Josh Jumalsa and Chiri something to do. Let's have them laze the target, which is like, that's not fun. Why wouldn't they do something? Like, you can't come up with anything more creative for these humans to do. Like, give them real challenges that the, that the Autobots can't actually, like, do for themselves, you know? Tyrese Gibson paid the filmmakers to get him a role in this film. Sick. Like, that's, that's fucking awesome. hilarious. That is hilarious. And also, it's funny watching him in this because it really just feels like Roman Pierce just oh, doing other shit. Yeah. He's like, like Roman story. Pierce in the first couple movies, not Roman Pierce now. But the question Damn, I have also problem. is you've got here's here's the thing. I, as I as I started typing the the plot synopsis for this, it blew me away how many times a new character was introduced in this movie. Which, if you guys aren't familiar with, like, just basic, basic, basic screenwriting, like, 101, is, like, get all of your main characters introduced in the first act of the movie, if you can. Like, every once in a while, you can do, if it's a character that's supposed to come out of nowhere, if it's a twist character, boom, you can push him back in. Or if it's a cameo, that's a different story. But, like, we don't see Megatron till, like, I think an hour and a half into the film. That's, like, five minutes after we meet John Turturro's character and introduced to Sector 7, which is this other government organization that's on top of the super secret organization we've already seen that John Voight runs, which is on top of all these characters. Like, there's literally three hackers, and then she's like, we need another hacker. Let's go get to another hacker. I'm like, what the fuck wrote this? This is, like, honestly, like, ten screenwriters were given... It's like one of those projects, like, our Robocop movie, where they're like, everyone gets to write a scene, but you have no idea where the scene fits in, and it doesn't fucking matter, because the editor will just put all of it together. We'll just figure it out. Because, really, the only point of this, let's be completely honest, is to sell some fucking overly obnoxiously designed Transformer toys. That's all it is. Just get as many of those out as possible. Who gives a fuck what they do? And, Tim, that brings me to my point. The toys sucked. It was too much going on. There was way totally. too much going on. There was one Optimus toy where he was 15 inches tall that was really, really cool. But I think he had the like open and shut mouth. It was like a really fancy toy. That was the only one worth getting. A lot of them look stupid. Uh-oh. That was what? <laughs> what? Oh, great. What happened? Everyone's frozen. Oh. Oh, really? We still <laughs> oh, see you. you. Thought I was Can just you hear cat, us? but it's I not. still see everybody. I still so Kevin, I can hear you. Everybody's Kevin, fine hear me? on my end. Um, let me let's hit him up and tell him we. I wonder if they can still hear us. Stand by, everyone. Andy, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> like I'm holding this against watching Bad Boys One and Two. And oh my god, yeah, no, it's better than that. And <laughs> it's, I, it's definitely better than that because there's some semblance of a plot and the character. Like, yeah, but, I mean, I, like, but, but you see, the like, first his 15 style. minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is entertaining. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have these memories of this movie in that way where I'm laughing at the humor. The humor's actually getting me. I think, like, the humor tails off really, really bad. Like, yeah. it, I think the humor uh, starts off so strong in this movie. We're introduced to, you know, Bernie Mac was only in their recipes for a little bit. Uh, Bolivia, what was this, Bobby Bolivia? 
and, and like a lot of the lines being delivered are actually funny and and wit witty with wiki where he picks him up and he drives him over to the porsche dealership he goes no way you're gonna yeah. give me a porsche and he goes nope i'm not getting you crazy i'm not gonna give you a porsche for your He's like he just laughs at him like that's and, and such Shia a funny dad. Great delivery, like he's. Uh, I agree with both of y'all. He is very very fun to watch. Um, I think I think the mom and the dad characters were great, but they were just completely overutilized. They should have been in two scenes done. Get them out. Totally. Why did they have to go to the government facility? Why is any of that? Yeah. Why, why do they have the scenes where the like the Autobots are hiding outside their house, like and the parents because like, it's because it's silly. Gonna, it's, now, it's, it's to be not, silly. You know, it's just bad. It's bad. Now see, I felt like Kevin, this movie Covered in bad humor. Go ahead. I'll say this. I think that if Steven Spielberg had directed that scene, it would have been one of the most memorable scenes ever put on film. I feel Optimus like, Prime I feel like... accidentally stepping on like a rose bush because he doesn't understand what's going on. I think Spielberg would have knocked that but out. Spielberg also... had a lot to do with this movie. Well, he didn't have enough to do with this movie because apparently Michael Bay – like you look at this and you look at Bad Boys and the style is all over this, which is basically yeah, just let's just get to – the cool action sequence, but even the action sequences don't feel that well thought out and they don't, they don't have the impact that they should have because we don't actually give a shit about any of the characters because the only sympathetic characters that are here really is Shia LaBeouf. He gets nothing to do. And then you have Optimus Prime who is cool, but we don't see him till halfway through the movie. And then he just has like this God tier power. So you're like, I don't know what the fuck's, you know, I don't know. When I, I, when I like... think of Transformers, the film franchise, I think of a disaster. Like, I immediately think this is one of the worst franchises ever put out there. I've seen several of the movies in theaters. I don't remember much about them. I just know that movies kept coming out, and then I stopped watching them because they just kept getting worse and worse and worse as it went on. Uh, and this is just one of those movies that I, upon rewatching it, realized, huh, it's not as bad as I... As I thought it'd be, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. I I don't, I, I turned my brain off and was not thinking critically about this movie mm -hmm. whatsoever. I was just like, let's just try to watch these robots have a, a fun little time, you know. And then there's that cool moment where uh, uh, Optimus Prime chops off the robot's head. It's at, of course, the Michael Bay sweeping shot, and the head falls on the ground. It's like, all right, that's pretty that sick. That one like, was sick. There, like, there's a lot of cool moments in this movie, but you know, I I. And there's, yeah, there, I, mean, I enjoyed it more this time around. <laughs> there is, I'm the opposite, right? Where I was looking forward to watching the first one because I remember thinking, hey, this is a fun, silly two, two hour long movie. And I just, I was blown away by how much of this movie just should have been left on the cutting room floor. I'm like, I don't understand why you would put this many characters into a movie and give them absolutely nothing to do. And it's weird because Michael Bay is is for me very hit or miss i just you know as we were talking earlier i i watched armageddon the other day for like the first 30 minutes and i was like this movie's so fun and it moves so fast and all the care it's like all the characters and it makes sense and then we get to bruce willis and it's fun and he's on the oil rig and also he directed pirates of the caribbean right no who directed that one brockheimer yeah, oh, Jerry, well, I thought Jerry Bruckheimer produced it. Isn't Michael Bay always the one that directs it? No, I think it was Bruckheimer. Oh, Bruckheimer actually directed it. Yeah, they yeah. should have let Bruckheimer direct these then, because the first Pirates is actually like a very fun, capable movie, competent movie. Oh, I absolutely. I mean, you don't like Part Two? No. Did I? I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it now. Yeah, no, um, so, no, no, I go for it. Wait, maybe, know, like Bruckheimer, maybe Bruckheimer did Armageddon too. Maybe I'm attributing everything. No, to Armageddon was Michael Bay. Michael, Michael Bay is Armageddon. Yeah, no, no, I totally get what you mean though, Nick. Like. 
Hey, let's in introduce these hacker characters. Who they're gonna be? Uh, just two fucking losers and a super hot model. The like, hottest blonde on the planet. And then, and then two of them go away. And then here's another hacker guy. It's so and yeah. It's almost like it's like it's like Anthony Anderson didn't say yes to the role until midway through production, and they're like, "Well, he said yes. We got to put him in now." Yeah. And so they just threw him in. It's all distractions, man. Like it's it's them realizing that they had way too much story that to actually introduce any type of sensible thing for an origin story for these these Transformers, both the Autobots and Decepticons, which is why the Decepticons get nothing in this fucking movie. It's literally just like, "Here's Megatron. Here's Starscream." You. If you, you know, even, you know, but you don't even fucking know because they, they speak to each other once. And then there's like a whole bunch of other Decepticons that are all just like literally there's one scene where you see them introduced and it's it's cool and it's hype, but it's not thought out at all because they're literally just it's cannon fodder. And, you know, it's cannon fodder because they don't have lines. They don't have any personality to them. Why are they here? There's so many times you're asking questions of like, who the fuck are these people? The only time you get real time with the Decepticon is Barricade, the Mustang. And what what happens to him at the end of this movie? Guess what? He disappears after the highway chase. He's not killed. Smart he call. just disappears. Doesn't show up at the fucking. Tim, it's a, it's a strategic call on his part, Kevin. Yeah. Tim, let me ask you this question: If this movie had started off same scene, same scene, the base scene, right? And they were like, "We've got an unidentified bogey, and it just happens to be an F sixteen or whatever new cool plane they wanted to make um. him into." And you see it, and you know, any Transformers fan knows that it's fucking Starscream right off the bat. Right yeah. off the bat of Starscream. And he comes and he just fucking murks the entire base with that same raspy voice and calls it in, like, you know, to Megatron, who's like somewhere else. We're going to see him in maybe 25 minutes. I don't know. That would have been awesome. No, we get Chopper. And I try. I don't even know if that if this thing has a name. I looked it up for five it does. seconds. Blackout. I'm sure you guys know. Oh, it's Blackout. But I'm like, the, yeah, the classic, the classic, uh, the classic blackout character, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what I'm not too upset about that because I, I liked the opening scene. Like, I thought it was. I it love was cool. it. I, what did make sense was, and this consistent thing in this movie is the the light to dark cycles are just like completely off. Uh, well, but 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 my my point is like you just don't like if you don't get to know the bad guy in the movie, then you're missing out on like 50% of what the drama and the tension that you could put We don't up. get to know the good guys in this movie, man. Like the, 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 for a movie called Transformers, the Transformers aren't in it much. It reminds me like Andy just said it's a monster movies. movie. <laughs> it's like Transformers shouldn't be monster movies. Like the, sure. The, the helicopter that's fucking things up, that reveal can, should be scary to support the bad guys being bad guys, but the good guys can't also be that. And that's why I feel like this, it falls apart really quickly where it immediately is known this is not going to be the Transformers movie that I want it to be. This movie is about Shia LaBeouf. This movie is about as many human characters that can be distractions so we don't get the, the fight scenes. The reason we have the scene in the yard with all them hiding is because they needed to be able to show the, the Transformers doing something that wasn't punching each other, Humanized. looking like you're in a fucking blender of metal just like flying all the fuck around. I yeah. will say that the the CG like really holds up in this. Really looks, holds up. The style it's, of this movie is is fantastic and for as much of a fucking hater as I am of the designs cuz don't get me wrong, I hate the designs. I wish that they were blockier and you can make sense of what's actually going on. But they really committed to it and there's something about this movie that even after rewatching it now, is it good? Good? No. I don't think it's good. I was entertained. I like the the weird commitment to lincoln parks and the, the the sounds and looks and colors of this movie it's like they fucking did it man when you see the transformers they're believable on the screen i just wish they were doing things that i was a bit more interested in i uh yeah i mean i yeah god 
the the designs of these characters. You someone somewhere figured out that they were like, hey, if these things move this fast, the entire movie, no one can tell what the fuck is going on. So like the entire third act of the movie is comp- it's all slow mo, <laughs> so, so you can actually see who's fighting, which is who. good. Like that's those are the moments it's, that I appreciate most because it's, it's like at good, least let but... me at least let me see what's going on. Like when when Ironhide does the like flip up thing, like there's some really cool so action cool. scenes in this, and like yeah. they just, they did enough so... to get there. It just to me, it all just feels so unearned. It just is like it's so paper thin of we just needed some loose plot to get the characters from point A to point B so we could just show off how cool the the rendering is of Optimus Prime. And like, that's fine if it's going to be, you know, a 20 minute movie. But two hours and 20 minutes later, I'm like, God, this just fucking needs to end. There was a one moment I remember, I'll never forget it in theaters. It was the first moment of the movie that. I got fucking hyped up. I mean, I guess it was the second because the first was when Blackout the helicopter transformed and you heard the original transformation sound. Like just seeing a thing transform, I lost my shit because I wanted to see that. I and I didn't know how horrible it was gonna be after that. But the next moment that I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. This is what I want from Transformers, is when um Michaela and Sam get into Bumblebee and he's like, You gotta come with me. And like, cause Barricade's chasing him down. The, the, the police star. And they, and they fucking bust through, and then the uh, pretty handsome awkward song plays, and it's just fucking rock, and it's a chase scene, and it's so fucking awesome. I'm like this is great. They're gonna fucking go and f- fight each other. They literally just kind of fade, and they're then kind of playing a cat and mouse game really slowly somewhere else. I'm like, what the fuck just happened to the energy here? Like and that- this went from like yes, they're about to do it to like oh wow, you literally just cut a chase scene before ending it. Dude, there's a part like even the first time we see Bumblebee like transformed. Do you remember when we see him? We see him off in the distance just walking up a hill. I'm like, how did you fuck that moment up? Like we this is the first Autobot we've ever seen in its like robot form. And we just see him walking over in the distance like that should have been a huge moment as a screenwriter. I would have been like everything in the first act needs to build up to this moment where Shia LaBeouf is about to get smashed by this fucking car. And the sh- like a shadow transforms over me, looks, and his goddamn Camaro just transformed into Bumblebee. And that thing just fucks this thing up. Like, that is a wonderful hype moment. But no, we just get... He's just in the background. He's just in the background, like a slowly walking. And then, he, and then he shoots the bat signal out of his chest. Like, like an ogre of some sort. <laughs> Roaming the yeah, hill. But then, uh, to me, the next hype moment, and this one hits every time I see this movie. And I, I legitimately think it's one of my favorite movie scenes, period, is the arrival to Earth scene. It's like four minutes, and sure, so much of it is just boosted by the score, but it it is so cool to me. I love seeing them in the different like ways that they have it, and like seeing Jazz there, like an Ironhide. Like these are characters. I'm like, it was the Starscream moment that you talked about, Nick, where it's like we know this character. I'm like, I know these motherfuckers. This is awesome. Yeah, but wouldn't it have been so much cooler if like that? Because that happens, by the way, at the midpoint of the movie. And I, I do want to talk about this a little bit when we get into the script. But like, generally, the midpoint of every script is either the point where you, where the 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 main character is super winning and is about to just fall off a cliff. You know, if he's a gambler, he's just won that big hand. And you're like, oh my god, that's great. And then you know, the next game he's gonna fucking lose and everything's gonna go to shit, right? Or in an action movie, the midpoint tends to be the point where everything is at its most dire, where Shia LaBeouf. And Megan Fox are just surrounded by Bang Decepticons, oh. and they are they are about to get fucking destroyed. And then you look up into the sky, and what is it? 
What is the salvation? Some someone something that we set up. Bumblebee's signal finally got to Optimus Prime. He lands on Earth. They fuck everyone up, and that's where we first we finally see the the most iconic Transformer ever, Optimus Prime. What do we get in this? One of them lands in a pool. One of them lands on a highway. One of them lands over there. It takes five minutes, and it's completely flat to me because why they just land there's there's no point in any of this other than to someone was like fuck we got to get the transformers into the transformers movie like we have to have more transformers in here tim it's you're ridiculous. right though the music's sick man yeah. <laughs> oh the, the the music by the way the music score is fantastic. great the score is fucking cool and when and i'm with you too we're like the score is so good that in moments it, it amplifies it. like this we're like okay this amplifies it but i just wish they had moments that built 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 up there's no tension in any of this even the scene where you were talking about where where um he tells her to get in the car and tells her to trust me could have been so much better because like they cut and this fucking car is barreling down on them and then uh, uh bumblebee comes in and like takes it off of the knees and then they have this like weird moment. long conversation where he's like get in the car why i'm not getting the car i think you should get in the car you gotta get in the car. You gotta trust me. This is. A, do you not want to get in the car? This is a moment you're gonna forget about the entire life. Did you not get in the car? Or whatever. Get in the fucking car. This thing should be. There's a fucking metal monster twenty feet away from you. And I feel like at this point, if I were one of the characters, I have all the time in the world to decide whether or not I'm getting the car. This is terrible, terrible pacing and no tension whatsoever. I think that the really the biggest problem this movie has is its insistence in military dick sucking, where. They could have just not had any of that stuff, and I think it would have had so much more ability to just tell a story that is actually about good guys, bad guys, here's where it's at. They just had to add too many damn elements. And, like, Sector 7 is not a thing from Transformers. Like, that's not – it's not a prior established thing. We didn't need more shit. It's like we just needed the fucking Transformers. One of my least favorite parts in this whole movie is – they're they're talking to sector seven and 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 they're like we need to know everything he's like well you know what i need you to erase her juvie record like all that scene is just like this God. is so bad right yeah, here man. Someone, like, someone got about 90 pages and was like we have zero character development yeah. we need him to have a standout moment where michaela actually likes him because if not, she would totally go back to banging fucking knockoff Zachary Ty Bryan or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. <laughs> he was, wow, but you're like, right. The, the scene before that, too, where they're like uh, talking about her record and she goes like, you're not supposed to know that. And it's like, what? Yeah. Who cares? They, let cool. me tell you, Kevin, let me ask you this they question. They try to high make school, a dark pass a and girl, it's so lame. If I, when I was in high school and if a girl that hot liked me, she could have been like this. Hey, you know what? I killed your dad. I'd be like, <laughs> fucking everyone has, they problems. Sucked, everyone, has problems. everyone has problems. You know, everyone has stuff in their past. I'm fine. I forgive you. It's totally not a big deal. I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too much longer about just bitching about stuff, but like as a Transformers fan, I remember being so, and I still am so upset at just the simplest things they fucked up where it's like, why do some of the bad guys have blue eyes? But the, the whole time they have red eyes, the good guys have blue eyes, but then frenzy, the little boom box thing, who's not sound wave, by the way, has fucking blue eyes. And I'm like, you, you can't even follow your wave? own rules that you are presenting to us. And why not have Soundwave? And that's what, the thing was, to me is where it's like there's so many characters that when you think Transformers, when they think the first movie, it's like Spider-Man. If you're going to have the first fucking Spider-Man movie, there's a couple key characters you just need to have. You don't need to get too goddamn crazy. No. You, you need Spider-Man, you need Mary Jane, and you need to fuck the Goblin. That's it. Done. That's it. That's it. If we're four re- reboots into Transformers, then you can get goddamn crazy like Spider-Man Homecoming did. But yeah, you, you, just need, that. you just need 
a couple characters, and they needed to nail four characters in this fucking movie. Optimus Prime, Megatron, Bumblebee, Starscream. That's it. And they kind of try, but then there's all this superfluous shit around it. We get Scorponok in this. There is a in a in a movie called Transformers. With googly eyes. In a movie called Trans Fucking Formers, the second robot we see is, is a, a robot that guess what? Can't transform. <laughs> yeah. What the just, fuck? Why, wait, why, right can, head. why can Scorponox not transform, or do we just not see him transform? He Kevin, doesn't transform. I, it's a normal thing, Kevin. Like a lot of people, a lot of men run into it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to the goddamn plot. Ladies and gentlemen, Transformers. And Tim, I know I've already done it twice, but I think we need to all do it on three. Ready? One, two, three. No, 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 no. Oh. I thought they were going to say more than me. I don't know. I don't know what we were doing. Where were you on that one? Man. I'll say this. The movie starts off and I get a little hyped because we get the Transformer sound effects under the DreamWorks and Paramount logos. And I'm like, okay, someone's making some fun choices here. I like that. And then before time began, there was the cube. We don't know what it is, but one thing's for sure. It has nothing to do with the classic Christian Slater movie, Gleaming the Cube. Some people want it for good. Some people want it for evil. So began the war that destroyed our home planet. And I think we're frozen. <laughs> I'm going to try uh, disconnecting and reconnecting. Back. They look significantly worse. Hello? Uh, hey, sorry about that. Um, it... Tim's for sure frozen unless he's fucking with no, us. No, I'm not. I was oh, wow. He looked really good. I was oh, just wow. sitting there. <laughs> All of you guys froze. I had the same Tim issue. Uh, I had the Tim side of it where you guys all froze and uh, we lost you guys for a second. Okay, are we still recording? Yeah. Cool. Should we well, go the, back the into the plot? Yeah. Was shoved, was like, you know, thrown into space because Optimus Prime wanted to hide it, right? So Optimus yeah. Prime hurled the Tesseract to space. Thankfully, Loki was there to find it. Uh, no, thankfully, it landed on Earth, home of Shia Le- the Boof. And we're just going to call him himself, the Boof man. from now on. Okay, great. Uh, sadly, the Autobots were already too late. I guess everything exploded. Doesn't matter. Tyrese, Josh Dumal, and the bad guy from the superior Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious, are on a Chinook together. Uh on a tour of duty that I assume was in Afghanistan or maybe Iraq. I, I didn't quite pick up where they were anywhere. They're in the desert and they all miss home and they're all good guys. And, and only Tyrese might be slightly racist against Cuban Americans. We don't really know. Uh, yeah. Back on the base, the, uh, a little local boy brings Josh Jamal some water. And we're like, oh, wow, these guys must be the main characters. Cause we're really doing a lot of like introducing and character development, especially to all these guys. It's uh, Dumel, by the it's Dumel, by the way, but can we call him Doomy? Sure. The boof and Doomy. At this Boop point in the movie, I'd watch I it. was like, fuck, is this the wrong movie? Like, this movie <laughs> didn't... Where the hell is... What's going no, on? Just, Michael Bay just had, I'm, I have to assume, a shit ton of extra film. And he was like, guys, I don't know what to do with all this extra film. Someone has to move this. And it weighs at least 10 pounds. So let's just shoot as much as humanly possible of these characters that are just the most forgettable characters you've ever seen in your life. Just Jaren generic stereotypical roles of the nerd tech guy, the guy who's the loud mouth, the leader with the great hair who we'll call Doomy from now on. 
it's all just the same. Here, here's doesn't. some here's some more than meets the eye facts for you here. Uh, to keep the film realistic and under budget, uh, the U.S. Department of Defense provided their support towards the film's production, the largest project they've assisted since Black Hawk Down. The military provided their vehicles as the alternate modes for Starscream and Bone Crusher. They also allowed their F-22 and CB-22 aircraft to be filmed for the first time um, since the Hulk in 2003, where they had a bad experience and swore off of movies, but then came back for this one. So uh, I like in the return idea for the favor, like, them not being happy with craft services or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're, they're like, Mm-mm, no, they, they didn't have my milk. Yeah. In return for the favor, the filmmakers provided <laughs> an advanced screening of the film to soldiers free of charge. Hey, ah. Having lactate is an important thing. You know hey, man, I mean, any, anything for the troops, man. You know? <laughs> uh, okay. Meanwhile, in HQ, they pick up an unidentified aircraft coming in hot. The dude that I think Michael Rosenbaum does a really good impression of launches some Raptors to take that chopper out. Meanwhile, Josh calls or Doomy calls his wife at home, and they really, they're, man, they're really driving home that he's got a kid and he wants to see his kid. And you're like, fuck, man, this guy must be the main character of this movie. I'm sure we'll <laughs> see him throughout 90% of this and maybe Here's not the thing, though. 45 minutes. The way they set this up, he's going to die. But then he doesn't yeah. die. No. No, <laughs> just, right. the, just the tech nerd gets sliced in half. But I bet uh, you there was a cut of it where he died. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, we need him for the sequel. And someone else was like, God, they're going to make a sequel to this? The Wait, tech nerd this... kind of reminded me of... Uh, of um... Never mind. Forget okay. Uh... <laughs> Then the signal is lost. Someone's jamming the radar. The chopper lands on the base and transforms into a fucking nightmare killing machine. And Tim was right. This part is actually pretty cool. It's cool. And I say not, but I say nightmare not because it's scary, but because uh, somebody got paid to design th- this thing, and that person should be banned from ever using a computer again, like zero cool and hackers. Uh, you just fucking hand with the helicopter blades going. Let's go. You're crazy, dude. And the yeah, sound like, design is sick as fuck. Immediately when I see something like that, I just think of the difficulty it goes into concepting what goes into like how the 3d model has to trans like transform right and it doesn't because it because it's not that hard it doesn't actually do it in a way that's actually real no it does transform and like in just totally fucking ridiculous here's the thing like that that's not true the problem that happens with this movie is that their whole thing was like we want this to be as realistic. realistic as possible we want the physics to be all right that the thing could actually turn into that except and for the part where Soundwave transforms into a fucking cell phone that wasn't Soundwave. that was fritz or whatever, or whatever that thing is where being the size of a boombox to a cell phone anyway that i just like, like, right. this whole it, it, this thing oh, is oh, shot like a horror wait, movie sorry. like where there's a monster reveal and they're you're seeing glimpses of it, but not really in its in, in its whole. You know, I think sure. it's really cool. I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, I, I this is a cool scene. I, I I wanted to talk shit about the design of it, but you know what, Andy? There'll be plenty of time for that later. I Great. do. Ha- I, I do have the image. Look forward to want... it. Oh, I guess you guys can't see it. Damn it. No, it's fine, Kev. We'll just move on. Uh, let's see. The chopper starts tearing everything apart, and then steals all the base's intel. And then Tyrese runs in, but instead of like taking cover, he he's like four feet away from this thing. And he pulls out his binoculars to get a closer look and take a picture of this thing. It was his only digital camera. He didn't have one on his phone. <laughs> right? I guess. But if there was a giant hulking metal monster standing above me, I'd be like, I'm going to get cover first. Yeah, I need evidence. Especially <laughs> if the only camera you have is also binoculars. So you have to imagine has some zoom functionality, you know? It was weird. <laughs> I had to give him something like initially though, I I'm looking at Tyrese 
looking at him this thing, and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, like, <laughs> you, like, have you guys ever tried to look at something 10 feet away from you with binoculars? It's not easy. Like, what's the plan here, Tyrese? Come on, yeah. man. God. And then everything explodes, and we go to high school, where better-looking Zachary Ty Bryan bullies the boof as he gives his nerdy dissertation on his grandfather, who was an explorer, Captain Archibald Whitwicky, who was one of the first people to explore the Arctic Circle. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we get a nice flashback. World, we've only been in this other scene for 30 yeah. seconds, and we it get a fucking egregious. flashback. This. I'm like, what's happening? Damn. Okay, this scene's going to go on for a while, and it doesn't. It just goes on for 10 seconds, and then we go back. And I'm like, why didn't you just oh, let the okay. boof explain this? It was more fun watching him try to get through all this stuff. Anyway, now we're back in class, and Megan Fox is there too, and she seems mildly amused by the fact that Sam is trying to sell his grandfather's gear so he can buy a car. She gives him a little smile, which is nice. Um, and I wonder if it's occurred to her that sitting in a high school class as a 37-year-old woman with her boyfriend that looks really, really old too uh, is inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know why they thought this guy would pass as a high school kid, but he looks like he's already had a successful NFL career. He you know, like and now he's, he's moving coaching on. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, Sam is selling his father's glasses too. Everything's on eBay. Unfortunately, his grandfather went nuts and started drawing symbols like about a giant ice man. Everyone's like, this is a lot of exposition to cram into here. Yeah. And Sam cons his teacher into giving him an A minus so he can buy a car. Uh, then we get that great scene where uh, his dad drives him through a Porsche dealership and he's like, no way, I'm getting a Porsche. And his dad's like, you're a fucking idiot, kid. I'm driving you to the worst used car loss ever. But thankfully, it's run by Bernie Mac, RIP, who is, goes by Bobby Bolivia, which is a name that I would write into a script and Tim would go, I don't. <laughs> and then he says, like, uh, such a Michael Bay ass joke of like, it's like the country without the runs. And it's only funny because of Bernie Mac's delivery. Yep. Yeah. He's it's so good but, uh, but the characters so bad right no, we can agree great, no it's not it's it's the kind of humor it's like if suddenly this car emps like all the windows explode around all the other cars you're not gonna be like all right now my only one car the only car that isn't broken i'm gonna sell it cheaper right it, it, it was definitely a, a a leap in logic kevin to get to the point to sell it cheaper but I do really, I do want to break down the scene of <laughs> break it down of Bernie Mac. <laughs> like, you got to get your cousin off with the cloud make if he's scaring all the white people. <laughs> and the cousin's out there and he's like, oh, his paint's burning my eyes. <laughs> like, that little sequence, I like, immediately I was like, Nick had to have laughed at that. <laughs> oh, I but I just loved I love this whole scene. I love everything. Yeah, it's great. Bernie, Mac, does. Bernie great. Mac is so fun to watch, and I'm like, it, it would be what? fun if you introduced that character and then he was on along for the ride the whole time. Yeah, but, I don't understand yeah. why they added the scene where he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, hey, like, I, yeah, my my mom. Hey, mom, she just gives it. Great. Somebody has a petting zoo with a fucking emu. It's great. No, that was an option. <laughs> Why? But why? Because it's all great. Anyway, uh, his, Shia LaBeouf's dad wants to get him a wussy car, but Shia's like, I'm already having trouble with the ladies. I need something cool. And then, again, would have been amazing if he looked over and saw the Camaro and then chose it for himself. But we don't want to... That's that's too hard. That, that, that scene would be too difficult to shoot and would probably... Uh, involve acting and all sorts of just different... That's too things. coincidental, though. Bumblebee chose him. Like, it, it's not so much chose. Like, Bumblebee needed to get to him. I get it. But why? But, but how did he know? You know like, but how did he know? Sam and the Transformers. 
Right. You know what I'm it's saying? Just, like, who also, why do they call him Sam? It's Spike. God damn it. Spike Whitwick. Spike's not a fucking name. That's a dog's Spike's name. Give him the middle name. I would give him a nickname. Like, come I, up I, with something. So I, to- I totally understand your point, Tim. And, and as far as the plot's concerned, yes, he's a Whitwicky. He has these things. They're searching him out. I get that. But this is one of those moments where, like, it would have been really cool to see him choose the car, right? And uh, as sort of like a destiny, as sort of like him actually doing something that helps push the plot forward. And again, no future spoilers, but like maybe that's something that happens in later films and it feels a lot better because that, you know, the, watching the character who was the only sympathetic character in this whole thing make choices what, that what pushes the plot no along. Spoilers. There's no future spoilers here. We don't, you don't feature spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the camera Have pulls out. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any. I'm looking, I'm looking around, Kev. I don't see any. Um, the Camaro pulls up, and it's an old. I like that it's an older Camaro, by the way. It's cool. It's like a set, like early seventies Camaro. Uh, and the booth gets in, and it feels good. And then and he looks, and there's an Autobot symbol. And the, and the uh, well, so here's the thing. Uh, so he pulls up next to the the classic bug, which is the what classic bug. Yeah, the movie should be. And they pull up, and this is a fucking super nerd like reference that they did. But when he like wipes the the center of the steering wheel and it reveals yeah. the Autobot logo. That was like a reference to the old toys, the die cast metal ones where they had those heat pads where you would put your thumb on it and it would turn to the Autobot symbol. Oh, that's cool. Those, those, those cool are so rad. Do you remember? But I, also thought to the- I also thought to myself, like, like the Autobots, like are they graphic designing their own logos and shit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Whoa, whoa. I mean, let me ask you this question. Did you just find the nitro rifle logo or did you fucking make that? That's thing? true. I made it. Yeah. But here's what, here, more like, stuff to the, the logo design. But. It would be cool if like if one of the Transformers well, the like stuff? transformed into a Wacom tablet, like a drawing tablet. And that was like his job to, to design it. You know what I mean? That'd be cool. They were, they were like, drawer. We need a new logo for <laughs> yeah. the auto. All right, man. Is it, he's got a Slack channel. That's stuff for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what's the um, lore behind the it, it just goes back to the face of the original Decepticon. Well, not the original, but like Decepticons and Autobots that were fighting against each other. Like they, that's what they look like. Oh, like the cool. Decepticon logo had that face, and he looks fucking tight as hell. It's purple. We'll look that up later. Anyway, the car does all sorts of crazy shit, and because he's like, "I don't, I want you to pick me," and then he releases an EMP bomb, and and then everyone's like, "Well, I guess we better pick this car before he fucking nukes everyone in the city," because apparently he has that capability, and no one's gonna Where's ask the questions about this whatsoever. Well, I forget where the, where is the key. I don't know who has the key. This oh, good car point. just shows up. They car just they didn't up. even know they were like, but you know what, Tim? No information on this car. Tim, if you're familiar with the lore of Transformers, as familiar as I am with the lore, you'll know that the car picks the driver, not the other mm-hmm. way around. Gotcha, okay? gotcha. The car always picks the driver mm-hmm. when Guardian Leviosa. But you also got to assume, like, how is it being driven? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's an important we don't ask questions. Anyway, okay. uh, we don't ask questions because we still have to introduce 14 other characters in this movie, not the least of which is John Voight, the Secretary of Defense, who was addressing a group of 20-year-olds over at the Pentagon. And he's like, these people are the best, including these three nerds and the fucking world's hottest blonde. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, here's, a, here's a little fact for you. This is the like only live-action Transformers film not nominated for the Worst Picture Golden Raspberry Award. However, it was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor for John Voight, which he did not win. Oh, he good for that. I'll tell you what, John good Voight. Good for him. <laughs> John Voight just, just doing his level best in this scene where he's, I have to assume, was like, is, is there a script? And Michael Bay was like, we don't have one yet, but we are 45 days into production. So, John, just say some stuff. Listen, here's, here's the top level. There was a signal. That girl's hot. We're gonna mostly shoot her. Does that work? <laughs> John's like, Everyone fuck cool? it. All right, fine. Cool. Is, is this um, is, now? Uh, was this maybe his second nomination? Because we got to assume that he was nominated in Anaconda. 
Oh, I mean, either Anaconda Possibly. or you have to assume National Treasures, Book of Secrets. Well, I got a, I got a great, He's great, got a great impersonation of John Boyd in Anaconda. You ready? Ready? Yeah, give it to me. It could be dangerous. Because he's trying to be like a fucking... That was really good. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot they didn't or what is he? Accent. Is that bad Southern accent, right? Yeah. No, he's no, trying to like, be it like... Was like... It was like Colombian or something. He's right? Colombian in the movie. Jesus. He's a white... It yeah. was a really bad I accent. It was... Know, it could be it dangerous. Was... <laughs> That's what he sounds, man. Hey, that, Tim, I'm looking um... up the, the Decepticon face. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Oh, let me see it. I want to look it up. Show the class. Did you bring enough gum for the class? I slacked it to just Nick. Oh, oh you fuck. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I want to see, man. I hope this, right. is, I hope this is the worst too. thing possible. I hope this is like, I hope you're trolling me. <laughs> no, why? Uh, that's, that's a, your, oh, no. Oh, no. that's really cool, Kevin. Oh, that's dope as fuck. What's his name? Like, Corn? Corn? Horny man. That's sick. There it is. There it is. Horny baloney. Why did the background I, go away? I don't know if they're seeing it, Kev. No, they are. That's cool. Uh, while you guys are showing each other this, I will give a shout out to Rachel Taylor, who plays this blonde, who would go on to have a very terrible character arc in the last season of Jessica Jones. It was so bad that if I were her, I wouldn't have even watched it. Anyway, Great. he wants them all to figure out what the fuck <laughs> is, uh, is what happened at that base. The chopper stole all their info, and the only clue they have is this random one-off sound effect that sounds like this. Which I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cool. And they're like, cool. Uh, Is that it? And he's like, yeah, we got to cut back over to Sam now because he's got his car. Uh, But now he needs the girl. And it turns out women run off of money. So the booth has to start hawking his grandfather's shit left and right. He heads over to eBay and we get Tim the best joke ever. What is his eBay username? The fucking ladies man 217. 217. Are you ladies man 217? Man, this is a great setup for, I'm sure, a payoff that'll just make me laugh with hilarity. But he does have a cute-ass dog uh, that's there named Mojo. Which Shout is out to really Mojo, cool. man. Shout out to Mojo. And it turns out Mojo might, may or may not have a debilitating pain pill addiction. And may or may not have killed a female dog <laughs> for his necklace. We don't know. We what don't a fucking scene later with the drug dealing thing. <laughs> like, what movie is this? I don't know. That but I have to imagine so that this bad. is the point that Cool Greg was like, my dude. <laughs> Mojo's little uh, cast thing, one of the best access- accessories you can give like a dog in a movie. Just the also, little cast we... that he's always wearing. That's it's cute. It's so funny. Tim, if I buy Cool Greg's dog a little penthouse like that, will you have it installed in his room for me and 100%. take a picture? Sweet. Yeah, I will. Uh, great. This is a cool scene. And then he's like, fuck, no one's buying all my shit. But we see these glasses over and over again, and they must be pretty important. Uh, and then we go back out to the desert where Doomy and his team are out in the middle of nowhere, despite having just been on a massive military base. I don't understand how they got lost in the desert. Maybe I missed they something. They ran there. away from the they base while it was exploding. Cool. Does but that mean all- that they can't go back to the base now? Yeah, it's exploded. That's what yeah. <laughs> it's exploded, Nick. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But they just like they really got really far away from this base. No, because where like, I would have been like, let's kid- just get to safety and then let's go back to the base to see if we can. So I don't know. Like, around. Help save some of our friends who have been decapitated. It's not that far away because you have to imagine that little kid that gives him the the water the Camelback mm-hmm. backpack. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, but you start. have to go to my house. My house is up this way. Yeah, like he's making that trek every every day probably. Fair. Good cast on that kid. Yeah. Good anyway, I guess Tyrese took a picture <laughs> of, of, of Blackout uh, with that. And he's got a weird. He's like, this thing's got a weird aura around it. And I'm like, this this camera record auras? I don't no, know. No. <laughs> it was the the wasn't there like a Cuban guy or Puerto Rican guy that was like, my grandma had the gift. I inherited it too. 
I felt something. They're gonna be back. <laughs> why not? Dude? Just like why? What do we know? He was. He came from a family of shamans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sure did. Um. Let's see. I uh, love anyway. this movie. Fuck it. It's also, great, man. I know. I might. Just, it's just so ludicrous that it might be in. Um. Also, it might be tracking them because we keep cutting back to one of the a fucking close up of the the probe droid from Star Wars over there. It's like Jesus Christ, what's that thing? Why are we introducing another one? Why wasn't it the fucking chopper that's tracking them? I don't understand. Why wouldn't they take down the chopper? That would be a really cool thing for them to do. Sam Wait, heads. So this is Scorpionok you're talking about, right? Yeah, Scorpionok. Yeah, and we saw we saw Scorpionok get let out by yeah. Blackout he looks earlier, and it was disappointing for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam, you had your own. <laughs> Uh, Sam heads to the lake with his fucking dork friend, looking really creepy toward Michaela, and his friend God, starts his immediately climbing a, a tree. Dork. And I'd be like, "We're done. We are done. You are anti anti sex. That's what you are, my friend. You know, like anti matter, Kevin. This kid is anti sex. Anywhere you bring him, nobody sex, can have sex. Explode. It explodes. Huh. Uh, the booth starts mounting off to ZTB, and and uh, uh, Michaela steps in to stop him from getting his ass beat. It. And then she seems to be, she kind of seems to really like this guy, but we don't really know until he says, girls can't drive. And you're like, wow, that's cool. And then he calls her his little bunny. That's cool. like, I won't I'm stand for that. Bunny. I won't stand for that. I can drive. I know about cars. And it's like, what era was this movie written? Is this an yeah. 80s movie? Because is this how we thought of women back in the fucking early 2000s? This is weird. The moment anyway, of, of Megan Fox being like, oh, I'm not your little bunny. Like, it's just so bad. All this Because she really flips. Bad. I'm like, you just were in love with this guy. Yeah. Like, Five minutes earlier, to the point where when he was talking shit to Shia LaBeouf, you were kind of like, hey, let's beat this fucking dork's ass. And also, for good measure, let's rip that dumb shit out of the tree and just hobble him. So he can't. You gotta, you gotta assume that there was there were other shots that had more of a character turn there for, or maybe there wasn't. Maybe it's Michael Bay. And he no way. No, no way. This was it. They had uh, freaking, like I was going to call her Michaela. They had Megan Fox in this movie for one reason, and it is the scene that we're about to get. We're about to get to. Anyway, she walks yeah. away, and then Bumblebee kicks up the radio, and we hear, who's going to drive you home? I love all these, by the way. Me too. I love every single time the radio kicks up or any time Bumblebee does anything. And it kind of makes me think, it. like, it'd be really cool to just see a whole movie about Bumblebee and the person that we care about. Like doing things like this, that'd be kind of a cool focus for a Transformers movie. Just take it down twenty thousand feet to just a good story with good character development. I, I just want to chime in. And, and, There's and no future spoilers that. that we've said. Oh, okay. I don't see any. Do you see me in your room? No. Okay. Um, I think that uh, while a lot of the the parts where they do the radio stuff is they're, they're cool, they have their their moments. I felt like ninety percent of the other ones were so frustrating. Of like, just fucking talk. Like, why are you saying? Because the I, I like the radio bro. stuff. I, I mean, that's not I, something that was in prior lore at all. So it he, was like weird to get used to. It was like, why they why they make the call? But I think it was a good call, and I like it. What I don't like is at the end when he talks and it doesn't make any goddamn sense. He's oh, like, I want to stay accent? with the boy, and you're like, what the fuck? Why can you talk? And why in the yeah. net? Like, they fixed ah, it. We'll see. We'll they see. fixed it. D- did they? It's all good from now on. Yeah, he had a weird accent though, right? Uh, hello, Gavin. No future spoilers, but they did not fix it. <laughs> No, Tim, they fixed it. Tim, Tim, we don't there's no future spoilers here. I don't see any. Andy, do you see any in your room? No, not on my end, Nick. No, he doesn't see any in there, no. Tim. So be careful. Uh anyway, Sam offers her a ride home and she takes it. Turns out she keeps making the wrong decision with guys. She always goes for the guy with tight abs and big arms and the and a fucking hog, Tim. Mm-hmm. A hog that mm-hmm. glistens in that midday Michael Bay sunset light that he just, loves filming I scenes. Now here's the thing. How can you not like Shia LaBeouf in this scene? What's up, guys? 
Uh, Nick just makes me so uncomfortable every time yeah, he says hog, and he says it so many times. Every I mean, time so enthusiastically, Kevin, when you when you get up and sit down that quickly, it makes me think you're going to accidentally sit on your hog. I didn't get up; I leaned over. Exactly. <laughs> Watch out, yeah. But no, the One scene with, with Shia LaBeouf. It's, it's the idea. A perfect of... example of this movie where it's like it, this Don't isn't good hog. writing, and this the no human being acts this way or talks to each other that way. And that's the, that. This entire movie, there's no line of dialogue where I'm like, that's believable. But because they set that world up, when Shia LaBeouf starts doing the like the muscle thing, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is even Stevens all over again. Totally. Like, I love it. That was funny, but the can I ride you home thing was just like, no one would make that mistake. No. It, it's very much someone was a fan of Ghostbusters where he's like, I'm going to go back to Miss Barrett's house and check her out. I'm going to go check out Miss Barrett's house. It was a line like that, except delivered by not Bill Murray. Anyway, uh, there. this is a fun little scene, and I do love how this is shot. I, I will give kudos to Michael Bay for his visuals because as they pull up underneath this tree, as the car, quote-unquote, stalls out, it's like the perfect sun. The sun's right in the right spot. It looks great. And she's like, uh, pop the hood. I know stuff about cars. And you're like, oh, we get it. You fucking like cars, okay? You're allowed to like cars. It's okay. But she's like, I have to prove this to you. Uh, let's see. Turns out, let's see. Oh, I, he does what I, I'll tell you him. what I fucking hate. Obviously, you know, like she does the whole "I look hot" stuff, and then I love where where Shia LaBeouf kind of leans her way. He's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. I would have the same fucking reaction. But <laughs> of course, what yeah. I absolutely hate about this whole sequence is her being like, "All right, well, I'm out. Good luck with your car." <laughs> like, what? You're in like the middle and of she, the desert. It looked like and it's in the middle and it's of the desert. It's still it's performed so badly because. She's like, all right, peace out. And then she starts walking away. And she's not that far away. But Shia LaBeouf eventually. And we've frozen them all again. So let's try reconnect and call. That's This is not a good thing. Hold on. We're frozen uh, one more time. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, and then Shia LaBeouf Kevin, what? Sorry, it's Kevin. Is my, like is, my, is my shot like blinking in and out on your guys' A little thing? bit sometimes. But I don't know okay. if there's anything we can do about that. I'm just going to swap cameras real quick. Two seconds. I don't know why my camera does that, but we're okay. going to the shittier camera. The shittier camera. Is Tim frozen? No. The shit, so, the yeah, I, I just hate that. Like, <laughs> you, your ability to stand <laughs> still is unbelievable. In weird angles. It's Yeah, I just didn't like the way it was executed. Like, even when he gets his car back on, she like she just keeps walking and trying, like, looking hot and stuff. Like, but a normal human being would have been, oh, the the car's being turned back on. Oh, there's there's a lot of dust being blown up everywhere. Yeah, I, hope it doesn't I can get hear this loud engine and the music. Incredibly but short she's shorts. just like in a different world. Yeah, but even you know, though like, she's twenty yards away, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like when you say bye to someone and then realize immediately you guys are walking yeah, the same way. Same way. Yeah. So you have two choices: one, you can start talking again, or you could do the other option, which is just awkwardly walk by them kind of glancing over every once in a while pretending i, I get what you mean you know yeah because i think exactly. that's what she was sometimes doing when I'm, correct sometimes when i've gotten to work at the studio uh man feels like it's been a while since we've been in the studio um but i'll get there and and uh fran is leaving back when fran was on games daily a lot and we would just be at opposite sides of the of the yeah street <laughs> like the red light like walking areas and we would just kind of be there like and it's just always awkward. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be like, hey, it's Fran, what's up? But you don't want to, like, ignore him fully. You know, it's a weird thing. It's a whole thing. You don't want to run the risk of Fran stopping in the middle of the road to talk to you, and then you both get run over. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's like, whatever. There's great music uh, cues here where it's like, baby, come back. 
Um, and then she's like, all right, fine. Fuck it. And then Sam drops her off and she asks him if he thinks she's shallow. And he responds, there's a lot, there's, there's a, a lot more than meets the eye with you. And I was like, cool. We got that line in. That's great. Also, we get some exposition about her father and how he taught her about cars, which will definitely come back later. That's going to be a great payoff. Uh, back at the Pentagon, the kids try to figure shit out, but they can't. Uh, over on Air Force One, somebody snuck a fucking boombox on board, and nobody noticed this. Like, who the fuck put a, a 1994 boombox on board? Uh, anyway, that, and the, but luckily this thing talks to itself like a goddamn gremlin, uh, and it sneaks down to the galley and hacks the server, but not They're saying the word Tutankhamen over and over. Really? And they just warp it. Yeah. Why? I don't know, because it sounds fun syllables to say. Uh, it is fun. Another thing, like, it just... This is this movie does the, these these things that make it so unrealistic. Where it's like not, this robot is just walking around, and like people are sleeping and walking around. And it's like okay, I understand that like it's hiding now. But two seconds ago, the like flight attendant walked, like she was looking forward when she walked here before it dashed around. Went the, behind the, him, yeah. Yeah, so she yeah, would but- have seen it. Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you I'm gonna tell you something that I wrote as a note that speaks to the mental state of these flight attendants. They apparently are so abused and get paid so little that when a ding dong falls onto the ground of a fucking plane, she goes, "I have I just this is the first food they've let me had in years." So she picks it up and takes a bite of it because apparently the president of the United States at this point, who I think was George W. George Bush, Bush yeah, just you can tell by the by the impression of it. <laughs> Hey, can you rang me up some ding dongs? Thanks, there, ding dong. Thanks, darling. Thank you, darling. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, the kids back at the Pentagon pick up the the signals back. Oh my God, the signals back! And uh, there's someone's hacking Air Force One, and so people head down there, and this thing just starts throwing fucking the gremlin starts throwing uh, the mechanical throwing stars at everyone and killing everyone. Um, And then you know he kills the president, and and then thus averting the subprime mortgage crisis of 2007 completely. Anyway, the boombox gets into another transformer. Uh, when the plane lands, like land that plane immediately, and then it gets out and gets into another Transformers and starts searching the internet for Witwicky, uh, which leads him to Sam's eBay page and the grandfather's spectacles on it, and and then it goes, "We must find Ladies Man Two One Seven. I was like, "Man, this joke is gonna be so good when it yeah. pays off. It's gonna be great." And then that night, Sam hears someone stealing his car, and he pursues by bike uh, to an abandoned rail yard, where it turns out it turns into a transformer and it shoots the bat signal into the sky, and it's the most hype moment. I've ever not seen. It's just so boring. This part. Um, is my shot still blinking? No. Or no? No, no. Uh, okay, cool. No. Yeah, oh, it did. It just did. It just did. <laughs> <laughs> it looked away, it just did. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely still blinking. Sorry. God damn it. Hold on. I'm going to exit and come back. I, Mijo, it's we're okay. fine. Exit and come back. Like, exit really and come back. Care, right? Camera off. Camera, Camera on. on. Thank you for announcing it, Nick. Thank Camera you. off. No, it, it blinked, though, right before you did that. Camera <laughs> on. Before we get back to the plot, let me tell you about our sponsor. Uh, We are brought to you by Manscaped. If you're listening to this podcast stuck inside your house with your significant other, you better be making sure that your balls are looking spick and span. Gentlemen, how are your balls doing now? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you they're great, Tim, Mm -hmm. because when you sit down a lot, you stagnate, right? You get the balls get stale. Swampy Mm -hmm. balls. So so you what you want is that lotion. Mm-hmm. And you rub it around all those. Are areas. you talking about the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer? Yeah, man. Yeah, it feels good, and my balls smell great now. Fantastic. I feel man. cleaner. Yeah, I manscaped uh, like two days ago, and I feel way cleaner. It's just it's a refreshing feeling to just know that you know there's just not a lot going on down there. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? there's enough though. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, manscaped's the only man's brand dedicated. I'm saying that like my wiener's like good enough. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, like, but there's not the bad stuff. It's only the good stuff down there. Can't, can't relate. Yeah. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene. You're probably spending more time than ever with your significant other. So just try to make it a more pleasant experience for them. Uh, you can get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower or trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. Uh, for a limited time, you also get two free gifts a shed travel bag and the patented high performance anti chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So you can just uh, enhance your your nether regions even more. Uh, You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code MORNING. Uh, Your partner, your body, and your balls will thank you. One more time, 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. There we go. Oh, you did a little flush? (laughs) You're Nick's flush? (laughs) You think he was putting on some crop... Ball preserver? No, he's dropping a deuce. Yeah. Yeah. Going down, you know what I mean? Hey, back Nick. to it. Back to it. What's up? Oh, hey. What's up, man? Hey, Andy. How you doing? I'm okay. Okay. Sorry, I caught a fucking... Ah, get off, get off. I just got a really good email, by the way, guys. Total, total, uh, Did you? Yeah. I got a great email from... Uh, my Fed loan, who said, you know what, Andy, we're not going to charge you interest on your loans until September because of the whatever. Oh, that's exciting. Cool. That's really cool, Kevin. Very oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is cool, guys? The fact that let's see. Uh, let's see. OK, so Sam sees this and then uh, he gets attacked by whatever he freaks out and he leaves his parents a message about his porn habits and then uh gets chased by some dogs and then his car kind of saves him and then sam runs out and gets arrested by real cops he doesn't Uh, leave anyone a message though he records a message on his phone right i don't know i don't know how tech works in 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 this world yeah i just thought that was a weird thing to do did i didn't even know those phones had voice message capabilities back then like like but it doesn't matter um Let's where are we here? Oh, but right uh, at the Pentagon, Trish, uh, Trish from Jessica Jones tells her higher ups that the thing that hacked them uses quantum mechanics and DNA based computers. And John Wade and John Voight's like, whoa, 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 little lady. We asked for some coffee here. OK, like we didn't think that women had the capability of reading at this point. For whatever reason, this whole room is just super misogynistic against her. Yeah. But then but here's the thing, though. It's not so much. I mean, that is true. But also, why is she there? No, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. The, the room is super misogynistic because she's the main character and she has to overcome this You're right, uh, Andy. This, this misogyny in the room. You're right. Because, like, we need to see her character arc and see her character grow so that for the next five movies, uh, she supplants herself as like, oh, yeah, like she's a boss bitch. You know what I mean? I'm so glad you brought that up, Andy, mm-hmm. because I thought at this point, I'm like, cool. They're clearly having an underlying, a very important, underlying theme of that women can exist in a man's world and do jobs just as good as men right and so she is now going to prove to all these old men that she does not need anyone else's help certainly not another man's help to decode this signal and we can't wait to see her on this oh no wait she just calls someone else another man to come help her with this (laughs) and that man is anthony uh, anthony anderson jack baby it's a good movie. It was amazing. Uh, anyway, let's see. Down at the station, the world's stupidest fucking cop interrogates the booth, and I and I'm starting to see why Cool Greg doesn't like these pigs. Um, this scene, but I do I do love when the booth is like, "Are you on drugs?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was a funny punchline to the joke. You want like, this piece? <laughs> what? The, this I don't understand. 
how any competent director could be like, you know, it doesn't fit the tone of the movie, but I really like this scene. The guy that made scene. Bad Boys, man. Yeah, but like and re- watching out, Bad Boys movies. makes all this shit make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. But but I don't remember what I th- I'm sure there was some pertinent thing in the scene. But generally, like when you have scenes in movies, a general rule is that they're either there to 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 uh, progress the plot or the character development. And this scene does neither. <laughs> this scene is just there's so many scenes in this movie that fluff. are just fucking fluff. They're just filler. Shia LaFluff. Shia LaFluff, oh, my friend. The fluff, anyway, the floof. <laughs> uh, back in the desert, Doomy and Tyrese get attacked by a mechanical stand scorpion with fun, goofy eyes. And it's like, okay, you know, we don't want these things to be too scary. Let's give them fun eyes or make them sound like dumb gremlins. I fucking it hate this. So here, here's something here. Uh, so for the scene where, and this is like some Michael shit. For the scene where Scorponok bursts out of the sand right on the heels of the soldiers, the effect was achieved by detonating a primer cord under the sand. The explosion would explosions would be in close proximity and very dangerous to the actors in the scene so before the scene was shot michael bay told the actors to run and keep running no matter what happens or else they could seriously be injured or even killed sick so as a result the look of panic on the actors faces uh is real and uh, (laughs) later there's a scene where megatron corners sam at the top of a tall building and sam clings to a statue out of sheer panic and fright shia labeouf was actually on top of the building wearing a safety harness but there was no safety net beneath him so his terror was real (laughs) God, and that scene was just so good, too. Uh, well, either way, they get attacked, and they have to fight this thing. Uh, and then we get a fun call where Josh Jumal's like, I got to call the Pentagon. And then, uh, and unfortunately, a bad Indian call center stereotype answers and asks for a credit card. And at this point, I'd be like, Nick. I don't know if I should trust this guy with my credit card. Yes, Andy. You didn't call him Doomy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Doomy gives him the the, the, the credit card. Uh, and then, but he's like, I don't have a credit card because why would I? Uh, but Tyrese does, and he's like, Tyrese, where's your credit card? He goes, left cheek, left cheek, left cheek, left cheek. He says like 10 times. And I'm like, Tyrese, can we get another one where you just say it three times, please? Because we don't have enough. <laughs> well, the thing, no, 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 he was this. only supposed to say it three times, Nick, but they paid the 400000 more. They let him say it a couple extra times. Oh, he paid them. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes total sense. Anyway, he takes Tyrese's credit card and calls the Pentagon, and then he just immediately throws the phone to Tyrese for a, what I have no idea. Why wouldn't he be the one that calls? Yeah, that was weird. Oh, it's probably because Doomy's going to have something really cool to do here. No, he doesn't. All they do is lays the target, which I got to be honest, if you remember correctly, Andy, that's right. I know exactly what you're thinking. Didn't they do this scene better in the classic Polly Shore film in the Army Now? They sure did. They Great sure fucking did. movie, and that's great the way. way. Remember, they're fucking sitting there. Like, wasn't thinking that. Yeah. Remember how he, the thing falls and the laser goes right to uh to what's his name's forehead, and he's like, ah, oh, get yeah. that thing off me. Yeah. <laughs> so classic. What was the name of the girl in that? Uh, Lori Petey. She was great. Lori Petey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was her name. Bert Meg. <laughs> Bert Meg. Uh, anyway, I like I, the lazing target stuff. Because I feel yeah, like, but, like there, there was the rising escalation of then them getting fucking bombed and stuff. I like that. I think it's more believable than fucking shooting the thing. I just, just again, I feel like these characters, they give them just the bare minimum to do. Like, this is the scene where Josh Dumel is, or Doomy, excuse me. Doomy his character is really supposed to figure out how to beat these things. And they just like it should have been it should have just been more in his hands right like i i don't know how i would have written this but something to like they have an experimental weapon that shoots fucking high voltage fucking shots and he has to be the one he's the only person that knows how to use it or he gets to it first or he has to fucking fight through as all those people are dying and he finally pulls the trigger and this thing goes down but instead they just lazily lays the target and another attack ship comes in and we don't really care and then it blows it up and you're like cool i guess it's dead whatever um 
they call in the airstrike. Uh, and I guess I swear to God, if it wasn't for the theme playing this, this scene would be terrible. But the scene is terribly directed. Anyway, uh, it, it turns out there's only one hacker in the world who can break this code, and it's Anthony Anderson. So Maggie steals the code and brings it to him because this movie needs more characters. Why couldn't, again, she be the person to figure this out? Why would you set up this one character who is the only female in this group of all these people and then immediately send her to another guy to fucking solve this problem. And why does Anthony Anderson need to be in this movie at all? I don't know. I digress. She goes over to his house and he lives did with his mom. Like, all did he like seeing moms. the fun family dynamics that he had? I like seeing all the fun family dynamics with everyone. <laughs> it's super fun. It, yeah, I also like, well, I also we get a, a lot of family dynamics. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the, his best friend in this, who's also playing Dance Dance Revolution, who is one of the leads in Ballers. And I really like him in that. And I, I like him so much, I didn't bother looking up the actor's name. So when, he, when the cops come and he runs through the the fucking glass, it makes me laugh every time. I don't He's give so a fuck. That every, shit's funny. Every time I see that, I'm so happy I didn't break the glass at Sean's house. That's all I want to say. That would have been hilarious. Uh, anyway, he figures out very quickly through some cool stuff that there's a message embedded in this signal. And it's a, it's a message that says something to do with Project Iceman, Sector 7. And I'm like, are you really going to introduce a new element into this movie right now? Cool. Sector 7, Captain Witwicky, what does it all mean? Then they get raided by the FBI. Uh, I wish they at- took the hackers and the sound and all that stuff entirely. They like, didn't need we it. just don't need any of it. They really don't. Uh, back at the house, Sam's car pulls back up and starts chasing him around the neighborhood until he eats shit right in front of Michaela. The boof sees a cop car uh, that has to punish and enslave on the side of it, which I thought was a cool little touch. There's nothing cooler than the bad guy being a fucking cop car yeah like i, yeah. I love that i've been just chasing him down it's really fucking cool i also I do want to get mustang sick as fuck i i yeah. like and i'm not i'm not quite sure about it but I, I i think that the the human driving all like piloting all the vehicles is the same model which i thought was kind of cool i like guess the same dude What's like up, every time I, no i just wanted to say like i you want to remove the hackers but what if one of the hackers tej then i'm in all right then I'm in. Well, there you go. Uh, this starts the whole thing. Then it transforms right in front of him and chases him. Then it asks him, are you a ladies man 217? Are you a ladies man 217? And it talks so fast. And I'm like, that's a weird choice stylistically for this transformer that I wouldn't have gone with. But I guess this is pay, out, pay off for that joke I've been hoping to have pay off for, which is <laughs> ladies man 217. You got that's it, didn't, it didn't bother me nearly as much as it seems to bother everyone in the world. Where it's just like, I don't think it was that like... Yeah, it just kind of was happening. It's not that it it bothers me. It's that it just they keep talking about it. They keep bringing it to it to your attention. So, you know, as a as a a veteran comedian at this point, Tim, uh, who writes great jokes, you have to assume that if you're going to do this and you're going to do a callback to it 15 fucking times, it's going to have a really great payoff in your closer. Yeah, but this doesn't really have that. I, I get. I guess to me, it, it just didn't read as a joke. It read more as a plot point of like that's how they're going to find him. Is this eBay thing? Like that's the, his account name. The name was the joke. That was the joke. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, look at this, this Shiloh Booth. He's ladies' man too. You know, like I think it's supposed to hit on different levels. Where yes, it's a silly name, but it's also silly hearing to... a transforming robot saying that word sure. as well. Sure, you know, it's like. But there's so many no, elements in this. Guy. 
you know, I don't know. It's 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 bad. We can all then, agree then we it's have, bad. To see <laughs> we'll move on. It's bad. We've voted. It's bad, Tim. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this character again. This character talks really fast. I'm trying to figure out why they gave him that direction. I'm assuming the actor was on cocaine. But it's like the people who made this movie think Transformers are dumb, and they're trying to not so subtly convince the audience of that fact. Where they're like, "Hey guys, this whole movie was made because we actually don't like Transformers that much, and you shouldn't either." Anyway. <laughs> The cop car. God, it feels that way sometimes. Right? Like, don't you kind of feel like like Michael Bay low-key was like, I fucking hate Transformers. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make this movie as bad as possible. Sam runs into Michaela. The cop car chases him through this fucking thing, wants the glasses anyway. Sam gets away, runs into Michaela. And this scene, again, Tim, this is a scene that you liked. I don't love how it's structured. I think it could have been a lot. No, 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 you misunderstood me. I don't like this scene. I think the whole do you do you trust me thing is fucking the one of the most out of place pieces of dialogue in this entire movie i liked the chase like i just think that it was the idea of transformers chasing each other because they're cars and that's cool like that's what i wanted and then you only get it for 20 seconds and we get it for 20 the seconds most abrupt weird fucking thing where i'm like you didn't have more footage of this like what the hell and again I'm with you on this where they get they get into a car chase and again i wrote another note here where like all the humans do in this is scream that's all they do and uh, it, it's another this could have been another moment where they could have actually had Shia LaBeouf and uh, LaBeouf and Megan Fox do something relevant to the plot. But instead, they just or not lot. because it's a Transformers movie and let the trans fucking formers do something. That's is, fair. Is That's this where he's like, hey, maybe you should come sit on my lap. So that no, it was later. Probably. I don't know. Together. And, and then she's like, that's pretty good move. And I was like, no, it wasn't fucking weird and creepy. Anyway, we see transform. We see Bumblebee transform for the first time, and it should have been a hype moment, but it's not. And then they get chased by the Gremlin transformer while the action, uh, while the action we actually care about happens in uh, the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> they get chased by boom. The, the what is it? Not boombox. What's it called? Frenzy. Boom. Frenzy. Frenzy. They get chased by Frenzy while Bumblebee fights the fucking cop car in the back, and we never see that fight. We see like a second of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Megan Fox wants to kill the gremlin. She kills the gremlin with a with a saw saw of something or something like that. He's like, uh, but not. I, I, but he's not like really. a little Smeagol guy. But little these things are like, in, yeah, indestructible. So it doesn't matter. This thing's not dying anyway. Then I guess Bumblebee won the fight because everything's fine. Yeah, no. we don't really see him yeah. win the Bar- fight, but I guess Bar- he won. Barricade was just like laying down, right? Mm-hmm. I guess we see him. Um, we see him go like, Ugh. yeah. But okay. like, Bumblebee, Bumblebee did finish the job. <laughs> Um. Anyway, Bumblebee can't talk, and they figure this out very, very quickly. Even though I'd be like, "Why do you keep playing the fucking radio? Just talk to me." Uh, the only its radio works. Uh, so so, but it did call for backup. It tells him, "Hey, I call for backup," and it's like, "Okay, cool. Thanks, thanks for translating that." On the way home, Sam t- t- uh, talks Michaela into sitting on his lap, so, and she goes, "It's a pretty smooth move, that whole thing." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this movie." Then Michaela asks the question we've all been wondering: Why? Uh, why was this movie made? Oh, to sell toys and brand new Camaros because they're like, why? She's like, why does this thing have a shitty Camaro? And then it goes, does a wheelie, and then turns into a really cool Camaro. And then it's a Kill Bill song. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, that's right. It was Kill Bill. That's cool. Uh, anyway, the, uh, Bumblebee transforms into a new car and they head off. Uh, they head up to Griffith Observatory to watch the rest of the team arrive. And again, I've already talked about how this moment could have been a lot cooler, but whatever. I, I, just, I really hate the, the the scanning and you can just fucking upgrade and turn into things and like whatever. Just at the point at this point, this is the lore in these movies. And I just need to deal with it. But it's like this could have been such a cool built up moment when he gets an upgrade and they could have given a plot reason for 
allowing him to scan something new and get it. But instead, this kind of just happens. It almost feels like just like a throwaway sideline thing where it's like it, they played this as a joke. And it's like this should have been epic. This should have been hype. But yeah, like it would have been cool if he got fucked up and like had to rescan something. And the, only, the thing he rescanned was like they should have just kept him as the, like if he, as the as the uh, the bug to begin with. But whatever. If at the end of the battle, he like after he's lost his legs, they can be like, oh, we can fix you. We'll put this to recover pod. You have to get to choose. Totally. Design. Well, the big so the big problem with them being able to rescan themselves at will is that it kind of breaks the reality of the movie in that they get attacked by planes and they go, holy shit, we're getting overrun. And one would think, well, if that's the case, why not just scan a fucking plane or scan something bigger and turn into that and beat the shit out of this thing with it? Or just I don't understand it. why they're they're stuck as cars. Why would you also why would you just pick a fucking car? Why not pick a helicopter? It's way cooler. They can fly. But I digress. Um, <sighs> everyone arrives and man, it's it's something. And Sam and Michaela look up into the sky and see they see comets. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Jazz says, "What's cracking, little bitches?" or something like that. And I'm like, "Wow, that was the first thing you had them say." Yeah. Uh, and then we get introduced. This looks to, like uh, a cool place to kick it. Yeah, All right, Jazz. They're um, learning. Introduced they're learning also. from TV. Now, guys. speaking speaking of, so we now get the the new auto. Uh, we, we introduced uh, most of the classic lineup of Transformers here, for better or worse. Um, but, Kevin, can we play the, the video? Because we do have a new segment on this show called What Bot is Hot? Andy, give me a fucking tune. What bot is hot? I want to know what bot is hot. Nah, this will work. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I didn't you hate that. It. I didn't hate that. Um, all right, I mean, I'm going to switch it's, over it's you guys. Of- that's the dude, the do the do song. Oh, what, I'm yeah. sorry. What's hot? What's hot? What's hot? What's hot? Robot. What's hot? What's hot? What's hot? Hi, With, I'm, I'm close. Oh, it's going. It's going. Echo Clow on literally every social media platform. Also known as the weird robot girl that really likes robots and General Grievous. But I'm not here to talk about General Grievous. I'm here to talk about the sexiest robots in the Transformers movies. And today we're talking about the first movie. So here we go. While the common answer would be Optimus Prime. That's most people's go-to. He's like a father figure to me. I morally cannot say Optimus. So my answer is Jazz. He does get torn in half. It's fine. We all have our flaws. Hi, I'm Chloe Naylor, otherwise known as Echo. Well, there you go. Jazz there you is have the hottest it. one. Jazz is the hottest yeah. bot. Thank you, Chloe, for that. Either. I would Obviously. definitely star Starscream slide up into me. Starscream is ugly as shit. His fucking design is a crime against humanity. Which sucks because Starscream's like cartoon, like his design everywhere else is so rad. But why yeah. did they make his chest just the biggest, like giant Superman? He signal? looks like a Dorito. Yeah. He does. Like, he so does. fucking so a Dorito with a fucking shitty little spider face. But you know, shout out to Jazz. Always one of my favorite Transformers. And I didn't. I enjoyed his design in this. I like that they still gave him this kind of like sunglass visor shit and him being a Porsche is just cool. Um, but yeah, every line of dialogue he has is cringeworthy as fuck. He wasn't and a Porsche. He was the, uh, he was the Pontiac. Oh, Fire? I don't think, I don't know. I don't know fucking cars, but like, it was a cool uh, car. Pretty, I'll just pretty say sure the GM went ham in this movie because Dude, I, to the point where oh, there's yeah. a GM commercial later in the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, it, was a, it was a GM G- commercial. Pontiac, G- no. Yeah. You're, you're the solstice. Solstice, there you go. Nails. Yeah, that's 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 right. I just for some reason when when he lands in the uh, from the comet thing or whatever, I thought that was the same Porsche place from oh uh, earlier in the movie. Did, but I just Jazz, don't fucking know cars. But Jazz used to be like a Porsche 911 Turbo, right? Like he had that big whale tail on his back. Yeah, yeah, that's way. That's not nearly as cool as a fucking Pontiac Solstice. 
It was fucking cool. It's not cool at all. Um, let's yes, see. It is. <laughs> the Pontiac Solstice? Yeah. It's a cool, it's a Versus cool a fucking Porsche 911 Turbo? No way. Oh, it's bro. not as cool as a Porsche. No, no fucking way so that's cool, cool as a Porsche. Get off your rocker, Tim. Cool. You're, you're just a shill for General Motors. I said it. General Motors, General Electric, General Coolness. You're, all, you're fucking, yep. you're getting, you're in the pocket, <laughs> pocket of all these people. Anyway, uh, turns out, man, listen, hey, turns out they're here for the AllSpark, that little cube they talked about during that intro VL. They need it to, to, to find it before Megatron, when we, uh, who we see in a flashback from Cybertron for the first time an hour and four minutes into this film. Turns out Captain Wickwicky found Megatron in the ice. He's the only one ever... Or he, uh, he, and everyone, everyone's after this thing. Uh, why wouldn't it be Optimus Prime that they found in the ice? I don't know. The, the the whole MacGuffin of this movie. I'm like, what is the point of this? Because yeah. this is this is Good kind question. of where this movie starts to really, really, really show its its faults. This why? is where. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, but but to me, this is this scene is a perfect example of like everything that's wrong with this movie. There are so many different ways you could have gone about this, right? If the whole point of this movie was that Sam and Optimus Prime had to get the AllSpark to beat Megatron. I'm in. That's a cool, that is a great MacGuffin. That is a great plot point. But I just don't, I just don't understand why they would just like introduce it now. And I don't understand why, like, why wasn't it Optimus Prime that was frozen in the, in the, in the ice and all the Autobots had to go save him. And then when, once he gets released, he's the only thing that can beat Megatron. There's a lot of different ways they could have skinned this, but they just tell you, the coolest that what potentially could be the coolest plot they just do it in quick exposition right here and you're like all right well i guess sam witwicky has literally nothing to do i mean like imagine if the government were the bad guys and optimus prime had to prove similar to like a man of steel thing that like hey not all autobots are not all transformers are bad we're good we want to prove to humanity that we're good so we can't burst through this government facility sam you got to sneak in there with this cool new tech blonde and by the way fuck megan fox doesn't need to be this at all you and the tech blonde could hang out because you're kind of both nerds you guys got to sneak your way into this government facility to steal the tesseract give to optimus prime so we can beat megatron that would have been fucking dope we don't get any of that doesn't matter uh also why the Anyway, uh, yeah. Grandpa Witwicky accidentally did some stuff and imprinted his coordinates and all the all sparks. So if the Decepticons find the glasses, uh, they'll <laughs> use the, the the spark to turn everything into machines. What a stupid ass sentence you just said! I that hate is. this fucking. Uh, then this, oh, it's imprinted on the glasses. What? <laughs> what the fuck? This is basically this whole movie is basically like it's Uncharted, but it, like in it, the it worst way. Witwicky as the the descendant of a famous explorer and there's a there's clues on the glasses and you have to shine it at the right angle to do the thing to show the puzzle like yeah it's eh, unnecessarily complicated it's dumb it's almost like they were like we need i think we need more plot just to confuse the audience so they realize there's they don't realize there's no plot in this fucking movie. so tim the autobots they want the all sparks so they can take it back to cybertron and bring back life yeah but i mean also they're, they're really just trying to stop megatron from terraforming other planets mm -hmm. i think but it's why, more but defense why than does offense. he like, want to terraform other planets yeah, why, why terraform so, it, Tim, it's man of steel all over again if okay if he, they lost their planet so they want other planets the too. all mother the all spark. but here's the thing like in in man of steel like they they were you know semi-human like they needed like an atmosphere and stuff but in this, they're robots. So in theory, I like I, I don't think that they uh, they could Do just they go eat? to Mars. It's he wants an army. 
But he wants a mechanical army. For the what? He just wants robots. So can we shoot robots to Mars or like just any appliances? Yeah. Yeah. We see that later. Cool. We see the, right. we the, we see the Xbox 360 make the Xbox 360 Guys, startup sound. We got to move on because we're getting to my favorite joke, which is when the pee humor starts. Okay. So we're going to just, I'm sorry to cut off the conversation, but I really want to get to the point where Mojo pees on Ironside. Um, Let's see. Uh, Doomy and his team are playing with the scorpion's tail, and they discover that high that high heat sable rounds are the key to piercing uh, the metal armor, otherwise known as just really, really, really big rounds, apparently, and just big bullets that shoot real fast kill these things. Uh, so thanks for having this whole fucking team in this movie for that for just to discover that one thing. Mm-hmm. They head back to Sam's house where the Autobots are completely oblivious to the fact that they should be hiding. Uh, Optimus steps on a fountain and says, my bad. And then Mojo pees on Ironhide, Ironside, Ironhide, who points Hide. who points his gun at him. And man, it's so funny. And it goes on for so long. And it's like, fuck, man, these guys just get humor. You know, it's they just get man. it. I'll never forget seeing this movie for the first time in theaters and hearing Optimus Prime say my bad. And I was just like, oh, no, he's so cool. And you're making him so not cool. It's It's very weird. It's interesting that they made them idiots. Like, well, not only did they make them idiots, you are, you know, you're walking through something and you see that, like, that's not meant to be stepped on. He steps on it. And then they step on a whole bunch of other things. So dumb. But But do they know that? I mean, I, I like. I think that's the question, though. Do they have any con? Like, they clearly have a concept of humanity, right? Because right off the bat, they've been watching TV for however long, long enough to learn the language. But no, not only that, but right off the bat, Optimus Prime is this altruistic character who wants to save humanity. He says humanity is is there's a great race, their goodness in them. We want freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Exactly. So he wants to say he humanity is there. We we know what humans are, right? But then it's like, why do you need to transform into cars at all? Robots in disguise. Correct. So if you're robots in disguise and you know that, why when you come to Earth because you've chosen to disguise yourself, why the fuck are you standing in the middle of a neighborhood 15 feet tall? Why would you not understand that that's a stupid fucking idea? Yep, Tim, that's not where robots normally shine a light though. They do have to shine a light. Now, we do get to my favorite line in this movie, and I say that with absolutely no sarcasm, right? Where the boo from Michaela are trying to look for stuff, and he opens the door, and his mom's like, why are you so sweaty and filthy? And he goes, I'm a child. I'm a teenager. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm back into this movie. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> That's it. Um, I thought the line delivery on that was good. Anyway, yeah. the scene could have been wonderful. It could have been amazing in the in the hands of a more capable director. But in this, it's just fumbling and stupid and goes on way too long. <laughs> Michaela reveals herself and Sam's mom is like, you are I love it. hot. I love how wow. both the parents are just like, oh, fuck yeah. Gia <laughs> looked over at me. She's like, we're going to be inappropriate parents, aren't we? I'm like, yeah, oh, we yeah. are. So, your son brings home with so, someone that hot. Jesus Christ. So unrealistic. No matter how hot your, you know, your, your kid's... Uh, guest is you guys aren't gonna be like oh fucking pound it right here man good job you know i mean i would no i'd be like good job well, buddy. you might i mean i'm definitely do that to your guys well, you might <laughs> if, it, if, 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 if little if little kevin coelho and little tim gettys come over and they bring smoking hot megan fox i'm gonna be like guys i'm just gonna give them money I'm gonna be like i don't know what else to give you here's money i can't see <laughs> a scenario a where either of our kids are hanging out at your house <laughs> <laughs> well, my house will have the good weed. Uh, let's see. Christ, I, I love, I love the mom here. Mom's like, wow, and then she has a great line where she goes, "Wow, I bet this movie and the sequel will be the highlight of your career." Uh, then 
more characters show up. Sector Seven and uh, and led by who? Kevin. That's right. The Jesus from Big Lebowski. That's it. They He's show the up. What happened to the and sequel he was making? It's still it's happening. I think it's I think it came out. It's like directed video. Um, man. An hour and five minutes left in this movie, and we've just introduced Sector 7. Why not? Anyway, the Jesus takes the whole lot of them uh, back to the facility where he plays Sam's fucking weird porn message back from his phone. It's like, where, where did you go? Anyway, uh, and then uh, uh, John Turturro, his character's name, tells the booth that Fox's father was a car thief. He's like, you're going to trust this girl? Her, her father was a car thief, and he brought her along sometimes. And then Sam acts. She's the criminal. Criminal's so hot. He's so hurt and dejected by this. Like, he cannot believe that this woman, who he has known for all of five fucking minutes personally... You've lied to me my whole life. Not, ...has lied to him his whole life. Yeah. Even though it's literally none of his fucking business what happened in her past, because they're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. But we have to have but some character they, development they are, here somewhere. it's still not necessarily his business. Like, also, if, if just, someone said that to me, I'd be like, wow, I'm really sorry about that. That sounds like your just, childhood was really hard. Let's just not ignore the 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 line that what's the Tim just uh, brought to our attention. The like criminals are hot. Like what the fuck? What is the writing what? in this movie? Jesus. I don't know. She's I don't 16. know. Yeah, yeah. this whole not okay, dude. Young. This whole thing is just so forced. The, just the whole family dark past is so stupid. But also, yeah. this could have been John Voight, right? This could have been any of the characters we've already seen, and they could have let us in on this cool mystery of what the Allspark is. Uh, or, yeah, that they've already have it, but it doesn't matter. We It's just so complicated. I already saw anyway. John Voight creep on J-Lo and Anaconda. I don't need him creeping on Megan Fox. <laughs> give me give me a little John, give me a little John Voight from Anaconda. I don't know. It could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, Andy. That's really good. Uh, oh, Go man. back and look for that clip. It's great, man. That's fu- I know. Do, I know exactly what they're talking about. I remember watching Anaconda, thinking, "Why the fuck did they make John Voight a Spanish guy?" It's very weird. Anyway, like John Voight couldn't. It doesn't matter. Um, let's see. The whole scene. Anyway, they start talking, and guess what? Though the whole scene is interrupted by Optimus Prime, and again. It would have been cool if this was the Decepticons that interrupted them because they wanted the glasses that that they have. And then Optimus Prime and the team got to actually save them, thus proving the humanity that there actually are good Transformers and bad Transformers. No, instead, they rip the fucking top off this car and terrify everyone. And they're like, taking the kids was a bad idea. We're going to fucking kill your parents. And John is like, all of these people are bad. All of these things are bad. They all have to get killed. They're all bad. It doesn't matter. Um, it's basically like if Superman would have gone to the government and just ripped through the side of the wall and been like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Don't fuck with me. I'm with Zod on this one. <sighs> then Sam gives Michaela shit for her father being a crook. And it's like, fuck you. And then uh, then right when the scene should end, more Sector 7 people show up and they all take off. And there's a there's some sort of even though Optimus Prime has proven that they can overcome every single obstacle that's human made in there. They decide to hide anyway, because I guess. Fighting them more would probably hurt, hurt humans and all. What is the what is the quote, Tim? Freedom all is the right of beings. all sentient beings. There you which go. Which was the fun thing where he never actually show at all, but it was on the, that was his like tagline on the back of his toy. That's cool. That's pretty cool, actually. Wait, what do you mean? Like the on the back of the box? Yeah, on the back of the box, every transformer would have like power levels and shit. Those were so cool. Like, oh, like a little bio about them or something. And like that, that was his quote, and he never actually said it, so that's why this movie is but big, they were like, big fan of the St. Louis Rams and stuff like that. Like just exactly, exactly. The back of the cards weren't they like big ass trading cards that had like a bunch of information? Mm-hmm. 
So cool. Uh, let's move on. There's still four hours left of this fucking abomination. Uh, let's see. They try. They hide, but then they get Bumblebee somehow and freeze him. And everyone's like, "Oh no, Bumblebee's gonna die." We're sad for him. Why? We've known him for five minutes. We don't understand why we should be sympathetic. But it's my car, man. It's my car. It helped me get this chick. And then I sat on her to lap, and she felt my pee pee. It's like the hundreds of writers that they hired for this got like you get a half a page. That's all you get to write. That's it. We'll figure it out in the edit. Anyway, uh, they capture Bumblebee, and then they find the glasses. And it's like, oh, the glasses were there the whole time? Great. Thankfully, we found those. It's like in a better film, someone would have stolen the glasses. They would have had to get the glasses back. That would have been a whole fucking thing. But no, the glasses are just there. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Maggie and Anthony Anderson are back in the picture, I guess, because uh, they've gotten promoted. Wait, really cool this- about the glasses. Doesn't Optimus just find them on the ground? Yep. And yep. then they, they, they have them. to like have the strong like moment of like, should we go and save them? No, we've got like a thing to do. It's like, all right. The, the, the all spark is 15 miles away or something like that. And it's like, well, that's where they're at, thankfully, because we don't really want to think too hard about having two different planes of action happening here. We just need to get them all together to fight Megatron, well, who we well, still this, haven't seen yet. This is the conversion, right? Because then they have everyone come together. The mm-hmm. hackers, the Sector everyone. 7, these guys. And man, when the hackers have to fight the boombox, it's so fun to keep cutting back and forth that scene. Even though they've already Dude, sent the shotguns were fucking useless. Also, uh, why would you have a display with a shotgun in it that are modern day shotguns and then a fuck ton of shells? I don't know. You know? I don't know any of the I don't know the answer to this question, Kevin. I'm not a highly paid screenwriter. I can't answer that question. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> back on the chopper, there is one fun line that I want to shout out where they're on the chopper and one of the guys goes, "What, what do you? What they get you for?" And he goes, "I bought a car. Turned out to be an alien robot. Who knew?" And yeah. I was like. <laughs> Good on you, Shia. You're really carrying the bulk of this. All of this. This thing's on your shoulders. No, 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 no. no. Uh, then the Autobots hide on the brightest building possible in LA, the Griffith Observatory. <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. Everyone can see them from miles away. Yeah, man. I, it's on a fucking hill, and it's lit choice. up all the time. Again, are they trying to hide? Why hide? Why are you? I've played Grand Theft Auto Five. I've been there. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Ironside. Uh, Optimus sees the location of the Allspark, and then Ironside senses that the Decepticons are getting ready to move. Similar to how the Jedis were always just kind of sensing stuff in the Phantom Menace, which was the best part of that movie, you know? Dude. It was really great when they just kind of sensed stuff, and they just went and did stuff. It was cool. Uh, Optimus wants to destroy the cube to end the war. Follows fails. Optimus will eat the cube and destroy himself along with it. Thanks for that exposition. Uh, horrible. More horrible. It's like they're trying to kind of, like, make it movie, but it's like, you're saying all this stuff way too fast, and why? Why would that be the way that this fucking works? And then, like, the twist we get later... Of like him using it on Megatron, it's like, why? Why wasn't that just the plan from the beginning? Yeah, man? just do that. That's a good plan. Anyway, also, they show the why kids. Why does it bring the the? It brings inanimate objects back to life and mm-hmm. destroys itself when it's shoved into organic stuff or. Yep. Too much power, Kevin. Stuff. It's I like when know. I eat too much pizza and I explode. Oh shit! Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Or when Call I don't talk about Chipotle, we get the squeegees. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Thankfully, the gremlin's there. He calls Starscream. Let's see. It's fucking... Andy, <laughs> yesterday we were talking about Purge movies. We're talking about the new Purge movie called Forever Purge. And Nick immediately oh, goes God. to the Forever Purge is me after I have too much Chipotle. It's just like, it feels like it goes on forever. Andy. It keeps leaking out. 
Anyway, I like get some Chipotle today, honestly. <laughs> you should get some Chipotle. They're taking mobile orders. Um, we see Megatron for the first time. We get him. He's been frozen in ice. Cool. I guess ice can stop these things. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bumblebee is also frozen in ice. Then we see the cube, and it's fucking huge. And it's like, wow, good thing everything's in this one location, thus ensuring that Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox have literally nothing else to do for the rest of this movie. Cooper Dan, man. Matter. This, this, begins, around this, thing. this begins uh, the Transformers movies, and this isn't future spoilers. It's just things that I want everyone to be aware of as you're watching this. This begins them like retconning history to be like, oh, man, the Transformers have been here the whole time. And like all these events in human history are because of the Transformers. And goddamn, it gets bonkers insane in a couple can't of movies. Wait. Well, I cannot wait. They even like they, they take credit for or they get credit for like current technology, right? The, we had that scene where... Uh... Yeah, the, yeah. It's like, like it's like a space. It's like the space station where they're like, yeah, the, the, all the microchips and Velcro and everything right. came from these little fuckers. Right, right, right. Uh, and then they show they, they 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 turn a Nokia cell phone into that little monster, and it goes around like shooting little missiles out. And then they nuke it with a power source. And if I were a writer, I'd be like, what is the power source that kills these things? Because mm. isn't that the thing that Josh Dumal should Dumel should have figured out? Dude. Isn't that the thing that one of the characters who one of the forty fucking characters that are in the room at this point? Like the blonde should have figured out, hey, this energy signal can kill these robots. Yeah. No, 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 guys. Really big hot bullets. That's they wanted it to be uh, an iPod, but Steve Jobs was like, nope. Nope. You're an idiot. Uh, I really, good, good on him. really did. Company. Really? That's true. That's a true thing. I really like the, the Nokia joke of like the Japanese. Like, Yeah. I didn't <laughs> like Polish. that exact joke. I liked the, the ending of it where he she was like, they're from Finland. And I'll the dude it. was like, yeah, well, he's not. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, a he's a fucking moron. Uh, anyway, the Decepticons find them, and Sam wants to be taken to his car. And then we get a scene where Domi, uh, Josh Dumel, despite literally having known Sam for all of ten minutes, puts a gun to the Sector Seven leader's head and demands they take him to his car. And I'm like, cool, good, good on you, because apparently you you just understand that this kid, this high school kid, knows more than all these highly advanced people that are running your life. Anyway, thankfully, Megan Fox is there and she looks delicious. So whatever, we'll move on. Uh, they take Bumblebee to the AllSpark and fuck. There's like 30 minutes left, so we'll just get through. Uh, Bumblebee shrinks the cube down to a smaller cube. And then uh, Doomie tells John Voight uh, that they're going to move the cube, but they have to call in the Air Force. But if they, if they can't call anyone, uh, so they come up. Oh, that's right. But they can't call anyone because they've nuked the signal or whatever. There's every radio signal, every satellite signal is shut down. They've hacked the fucking planet. Everything's been hacked. We're fucked. And Josh Dumel's like, well, we got to move this cube then. So we got to figure that out. You got to call the Air Force in. And the guy goes, oh, well, there's actually an old ham radio up in the fucking Museum of Antiquities upstairs. So let's go do that. We got to give them something to do. Then I can't remember how it happens, but somehow Megatron breaks free of the ice. And instead, it was when they oh, hacked. Yeah, the frenzy free. Uh, yeah. Frenzy turns off the cryostasis or whatever. That oh, was. cool. Oh, really? Okay. It wasn't part of the like everything getting hacked. Well, no, frenzy was up there like he I. He's, he's doing his little hacking bullshit, and yeah. there's a screen that says like cryostasis or it, cryo whatever the hell, and yeah. he like switch. And he and there's a weird moment where he looks at the camera, like I don't think he was supposed to be looking at the camera, but yeah, the way the animation looked, looked, it looked like he turned around, looked at the camera, like yeah, <laughs> like I got this cool. shit. Uh, he just burned the so lens. Nick, I think you're about to talk about the thing that I was like, why wouldn't they do this? The fact that like as soon as Megatron is is coming back to life. They ha- they've now confirmed they have weapons that can kill these guys. Why yeah. not go and shoot Megatron? Well, I think the idea was that the only the only thing that can carry this weapon is like is one of the attack helicopters. Like they don't have those just readily available. I think they were supposed to be like these special sable rounds that the the, the attack ships have. 
That's why Josh Dumail was like, hey, we got to call them these things because they're the only thing that can kill these things. That and the energy signal from the, the room next door. But I, I digress. Um, then we have a really long scene where the tech people try to figure out how to use a radio. And it's it's plucky. And then we get on the road for a good old-fashioned GMC Chevy commercial. They just oh, start yeah, riding. Boom, bam, the fucking bam, shots. Bam, 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 and you hear the, the bam, horn bam. of like yeah. Optimus. You're like. I, I was there for it, man. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, Wait, so I, I was going to the bathroom. Did we talk about Megatron busting out? Yeah, he busts out. So Megatron yeah, busts out. Something cool about Megatron is he doesn't take an Earth form. He's like, fuck that. I'm staying Cybertronian. Yeah. I always liked that choice. Um, did Is this where they, they introduced the Decepticons? Like the signal goes out? Yeah, I, I think, think the signal goes out and then Starscream comes. And we, yeah, we see like one by one the kind of like just different uh, Decepticons getting introduced. And it's cool. I definitely wish it was cooler than it was. But I liked this. It was at least seeing like, okay, we're getting some of our guys. They called one of them Devastator, which totally gets retconned because that's not fucking Devastator. Devastator's the Constructicons all combining into one big guy. Not this fucking weird ass thing. Um, but I, I enjoyed at least seeing them. And then we did get Starscream and Megatron talking together. And Megatron talks shit in the lightest way possible, but at least they gave me a fucking bone, you know? Right. They gave you a little bit of what the old characters used to do. The back and forth between those. We always thought Starstream's going to run this shit one day into the ground. Uh, then the people in the radio room overcome absolutely nothing except for dodging a couple throwing stars to get the military called in. <laughs> then over on the 405, Optimus and the tank skate after each other. Uh, it was actually kind of a fun scene that ends very, very quickly. So we can get back to the fucking what, Tim? That's right. The radio room. Because we give so much of a shit about John Voight's character that we have to cut away from this awesome fight scene that Optimus Prime is having to see. The first real it? fight scene of substance. Yeah. Like the, the barricade Bumblebee fight in the dark was like nothing. It was just kind of like fucking 10 seconds of nothing. This right. was like, we're going to fucking see Optimus Prime fight. And it's cool when the guy's skating and bust through the, the bus and Traffic stuff. I'm like, and stuff, yeah. this looks cool. And it ends with him getting his fucking head. Dude, but like that like great. arm knife thing. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Pretty I, cool. Just, I love the way that whole sequence is shot because it isn't. It's done in a way to not really showcase the action. It's more of a way to show. All this stuff is happening just in this shot. And it's so like nonchalant of Optimus Prime to just like grab him, choo, choo, poof, the head falls on the ground. He just like, it's so fucking cool, dude. It's <laughs> like, fucking cool. But in this scene, this is the last time we see Barricade, the police car. He's just behind the skating mm-hmm. guy. You yeah. see him. And then he pulls off the road and he never shows up to the final battle. I think I think it was him being like, you know what? I'm stepping back away. This is too dangerous. I mean, just go back to life on the forest where we're doing traffic, uh, you know, tickets and stuff like that. It just shows how disposable and like not thought out this shit is. Where it's like we this was the one Decepticon that has connected with throughout this fucking movie. He's the bad guy. There should Shia LaBeouf's character should have defeated him somehow. Yes, later in the end. Exactly correct. But you know what's funny is like that uh, doesn't matter because uh, that's that's what that's what you get when you don't even come close to bothering to choreograph these action sequences. Like they didn't put any thought into any of this stuff. But it's all right, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure they put a little bit of thought because someone had to render something. But it's just like I think the choreography is fine. I, no, I just mean, I mean the actual the actual way the action scenes play out in that. You write them, you know, when you look at, and we'll get to it in a second, but I want to, I want to juxtapose like, well, let's just get to it. Fuck it. Uh, Doomy uh, raids a radio shack. They start calling and all these things, right? And there's multiple planes of action where Shia LaBeouf's character has to take the fucking thing and run it away up to a thing. I don't know. They're, they got to get it out of there on, onto a plane, right? Uh, so we're in like downtown LA at this point. And 
we don't know how many Decepticons there really are. We don't understand where they are geographically, and we don't really understand what the level of threat is to any of these characters at any given time. Okay, contrast that to another scene that's very similar to this in a popular movie called The Avengers, where all hell is breaking loose in Manhattan, and we know where everyone is. They do a great job at giving everyone except for a fucking Hawkeye something good to do. <laughs> and it's very exciting to watch these multiple planes of action play out with all these characters that we've set up and love in this movie. In this one, we're like, well, we got to give Doomy something heroic to do. So he has to take, I guess, a, a gun that's got one of these sable rounds and slide underneath a transformer while it's already being shot by the air support, by the way. So the thing's already dead, but he slides under it anyway and shoots it in the nuts. And then we're like, yeah, he did something. And then we don't really see him the rest of the movie because he's done. He's already done his heroic thing. And then Shia LaBeouf climbs up to the top of a building and is being hunted down by Megatron. And Megatron cares so much about talking to him that instead of just immediately hacking through him, he goes, give me the cube. And it's like, do you know who the voice is? Uh, Megatron? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's not that. Frank Welker. So Peter Cullen is the original voice Optimus Prime, yeah. He returns in this, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, it is not Frank Welker, the, the original voice of Megatron. Is it is Hugo Weaving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ah. interesting. He's, he, he did a good job. Um, anyway, Shy gets onto the edge of the thing, and uh, we, I think at this point, some Megan Fox has already uh, bolted fucking... She's already towed uh, Bumblebee around, yeah, and apparently his guns can me. actually... Apparently his guns can kill Decepticons. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That's interesting. Maybe uh, we should have set this up so the only thing that can kill Decepticons are, Tim, Autobots. Autobots. That would have been interesting. But no, it's the military. military. It's, the, it's the attack drones that we see for five seconds, and those are the ones that, that end up overcoming all the challenges of this movie. Uh, so uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron finally fight as uh, they're tumbling. One shall stand, of- one shall fall. I don't give Which- a fuck. I know so much of this is lame. It doesn't matter. When Prime fucking goes through that alley and transforms... And just fucking goes and his visor pops up and it's just the Megatron Prime. It's like, oh, my God, let's fucking go. Is awesome. And the line one shall stand, one shall fall or one shall fall, one shall stand. Is that what it is? One shall stand, one shall fall. He goes, one shall stand, one shall fall. And it's so cool to see the look in his eyes. As he utters this, what will hopefully be an iconic line. It's so cool, Tim, that instead of seeing him say that fucking line, we see Shia LaBeouf crawling through a trench. We don't even see Optimus Prime say the fucking line. I know. Why would you edit away from that? It's an iconic moment. Anyway, (sighs) Shia's the star, man. We got to show him doing everything. What's Shia up to these days? Let's cut away. Um, Let's see. Megatron and Optimus, they, they fight, uh, and the composer literally steals the drum beat from Terminator in this, which is crazy. Um, it's like, we want you to think of a movie that had robots in it that was better than this. As they fight, Megatron tells Optimus that humans, they're going to die, man. They're going to all die. And I guess <laughs> and, and Optimus is like, no, humans are good. Uh, Cybertron had its chance, and then they start fighting again. And then uh, they get all knocked down, and then everyone starts shooting Megatron, and it kind of looks like he's almost dead. But instead, Optimus is like, he's not dead yet. You got to shove the fucking thing into my chest. And everyone's like, bro, why are you so hard? Why are you so hard up on the idea of shoving this thing into your chest? 
<laughs> Why do you want this in your chest so bad? He wants it, Nick, so he's, bad. He's like, Damn, this is what we talked about. I'm like, I would be like, he's almost dead. I think we're okay. Yeah, like, oh my God. we've killed all the other. We've killed all the other Decepticons. He's the only one left. So I'm pretty sure everyone can come over and just fuck this guy up real quick. Every Decepticon no. gets her head chopped off. He's like, Sam, put it in my chest. He's <laughs> like, We won. We don't need to. We don't need look, to. We don't need look to do at that. me in the eye while you're doing it. Oh, anyway, <laughs> Sam gets the bright idea that instead of shoving it in uh, Optimus's chest, he's going to shove it into Megatron's chest instead. And then it sort of, I guess, kills Megatron, but we don't, not really, because I'm pretty sure he comes back later. He gets put into the ocean. And then in what is, I think, the best decision of this whole movie, they look at all the Transformers, the designs, everything that happened in this movie, and they said, you know what this deserves? Let's take all of this and throw it into the deepest part of the ocean because it's so bad that I don't want human beings to ever realize this was the thing ever again. Kevin, if you had, if you were the head of a military force and you had unfettered access as the United States military to these hyper, hyper advanced machines, would you A, throw them into the trench in the ocean or B, take them back to your house and do unspeakable things to them to get all the cool tech from them? Well, they've already done that, though. Like they had Megatron's. Well, there's like, but there's like 20 more of them now, and they're all like dead. Wouldn't you like at some point? Don't you think they'd keep some of this tech? No, and like, yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah, sure, absolutely, shit absolutely. But sometimes the government just likes throwing things into the ocean. Remember with uh, some of Vietnam? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. They did yeah. in Vietnam too, but that was because they had to make room for the troops that they were trying to get out of that horrible, horrible situation. Anyway, well, well, um, there's two we we. we brush past all the action scene for a good reason mostly but uh there's one thing that i really liked was brawl the tank when jazz came at him and like as a car went towards him transformed in the air grabbed his little fucking tank cannon thing and like flips around and shit that was really cool and it's one of the only scenes where it's like the camera's backing up but it doesn't just look like metal blender bullshit and another thing that was really cool was when the camera's on shia labeouf and star screams like running at him and comes back and then transforms into a jet flies off above him freaking cool as hell yeah so it's, cool. It's, cool it's cool especially from the angle and the, yeah the way that it was shot, shot to see yeah. him like freaking out like it's it's done really well it was really not cool when jazz got just ripped in half on serious no no it was not cool at all it's like oh it, oh i guess we that's, didn't need that, that was, we didn't need a fucking yeah. autobot to die especially not they, jazz they like, why jazz why did they kill the jazz you little cretin and he rips him in half i uh, i gasped when i saw it it still hurts man and it doesn't hurt in a way of like like oh a character i like is dead it's just like why why would you do that? But guess what, guys? It doesn't know. fucking matter because he's expendable. Uh, disposable, anybody can just be jazz. Well, uh, let's have because new fucking he, robots. Well, here, here's why it doesn't matter, Tim, because to Michael Bay, every Transformer is just a Transformer, right? Nobody thought to think that, hey, maybe Jazz is one of the most beloved of the original Transformers from all of our youths, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's just doesn't Jazz, matter. Ironhide. Just here, here, I'm gonna spit some fucking names out. Punch, Punchbot, uh, Waterbot, uh, Firebot. It's fine. We'll just come up with new ones for the next Snick, one. Soil Nick, Nick, old fucking bot. Like, <laughs> name a Pokemon. Uh, Char, Char, Charnard, Char, Charbot. They're all still with Char. That's that's my point. Is that the, yeah, the creators of this awesome. film care so little for the actual like heart of Transformers that they fucking kill Jazz unceremoniously and then uh, Optimus Prime has one quick line about him. They're, like, yeah, they're holding his people. body. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like, the what? morbid part yeah, of it. Why like, would I don't think do that? They, they don't have the humanity to like to be like, to be like <laughs> could you imagine if this scene was like 
people. humans yeah of like two people holding like oh here's two parts of this human like oh it sucks that he's gone but he didn't die in vain <laughs> like well also could you imagine so gruesome. could you imagine if it actually like used the all spark to bring him back like that could have been a fun emotional thing like this thing has the ability to bring life to any inanimate object like put him back together shoot him with the fucking all spark but yeah, no but it's like, gone I it's feel in like chest. The, the rules that it has like it only makes evil machines can they yeah, fair. even communicate who knows who knows who knows? Fucking Kevin, knows. shove it in my chest. We're going to keep going here. Uh, thankfully, uh, Dummy finally gets to see his stupid fucking kid. And then uh, Sam gets to meet and make out with Megan Fox in the hood of Bumblebee. And if I wasn't so tired of it's a threesome. Uh, at this point, I would have made a dirty joke about how he it, Bumblebee secretly gets its headers hot to fill the bodies of this these two people making out in his hood. God. Um, Tim did so much better with one word. Yeah. I didn't have time to write that. I'm sorry, guys. And then Optimus <laughs> Prime uh, sends a message to any Autobots still hiding out there. Which is fucking awesome. Uh, here in the show, I was like, let's fucking go. Guys. Get oh, wait, the message. But aren't you the fucking general of the Autobots? Like, don't you know if there's Autobots hiding out there? Well, they're, like, scattered and shit, and he's fucked. Okay, so then you send you Autobots like to, a signal, like but does that also ensure that Decepticons might find that signal, too, and come? Sure, sure. Yeah, That's a lot of the why they're on Earth and where they go doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's a post-credit scene, did you, or a mid-credit scene, what? I don't know if you guys saw. Would y'all like me to reenact uh, the, the final lines of this? Real yes, quick. please. I haven't prepared. I've been preparing for a while. Okay, please do. here we go. Please do. I am Optimus Prime, and I send this message to any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are waiting. And also, this Lincoln Park track fucking rocks. Hell yeah, dude. What I've done. <laughs> Why are they showcasing the Lincoln Park song so much? It's, dude, it, they tie they it a lot. the fucking franchise, it man. It doesn't make sense at all, especially when we <laughs> cut to these mid credit scenes where we cut to the silly moments of the parents and the music gets quiet. Just and a little quieter. Silly bit, and it comes back in. It's so God. totally fucked, man. I love it, dude. I fucking love it. And uh, so, yeah, we get the f- scene with the parents or whatever. But then there's the final mid-credit scene is Starscream, like, transforming from a jet into, like, a Cybertronian jet and, like, fucking goes going out of the yeah, oh, goes space. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But also, we just totally skimmed over, and I talked about it earlier, but Bumblebee just fucking talks. Oh, yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to well, they fixed the machine. And he sounds... How? What? Who fixed what, guys? I don't know. They, they said, like, isn't there a direct line where what's this face is like? Oh, you fixed your your talk box, and and mm-hmm. uh, and Bumblebee looks down and says, "Indeed, I did, my friend. Indeed, I did." And and then he goes, "Hey, what? Hey, he's like, hey, let me ask you a question. When we were all fighting, when we were all fighting those guys, were you just off in the corner fixing your talk box? Because that seems like it's super low priority. Like Jazz died, and he's like, yeah, but now I can hey. talk." Hey, Bumblebee shouldn't have been Bumblebee able to talk. Legitimately... It's fucking weird. And then on top of that, though, his voice is so not fitting for for no. Bumblebee and the character we know of Bumblebee. Earlier, it's like when he's playing, it's like rap music playing. And he's like fucking punching shit. And it's this British Bake Off guy. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, but Tim, if he if he couldn't if he if he couldn't talk, then somebody somewhere would have had to figured out another really clever like quote from pop culture to have him say here. They, and that's of, hard. None of them that's hard. You're right. You're right. That's that is hard. That's way too hard. Like, can you imagine how hard it would be to have to pull a bunch of quotes where he just says, I want to stay? That would have been – that's like at least 10 minutes of work, Tim. <laughs> Come on, man. That's Transformers, ladies and gentlemen. That's Let's it. get done. into a little bit of haiku. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to run. Haiku, haiku in review. Haiku. 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 Hai
you gotta you gotta say a haiku in review like milliseconds before i'm gonna it sounded say good it. to me and it, really, it will it will to me it sounds very odd that's what that's what matters to me <laughs> um let's see you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form just like a whole bunch of you did here um let's see ignacio Rojas says too much human stuff why are they all so tan not enough robots definitely they're teenagers they're filthy they're as tan as tim is right now uh, Blackjack says, Megan Fox so hot, explosions happen a lot. Nonsense is the plot. I love it. I will, I will say this. Like for for all of the shit I give this movie, it has that. It does have that perfect iconic shot of her checking out the hood. And I know it's like, yeah, we're looking at her body. But that is one of the like most popular shots I think that that has been put on film for probably the last 20 years. So shout out to him for getting at least that. Uh, Mason all says this film is awesome. Scorbinock is the best scene. Prime's voice gives me chills. And then Monty Joe says sector seven guy. She's in high school. Creepy fuck. Put that badge away. <laughs> so fucking like somebody true. legitimately said, Tim, somebody legitimately thought, you know, be this movie needs. Um, it needs for him to strip down and have an undershirt that has a Superman logo on it with Sector 7. That's what this movie really what it needs. God. That was a choice the costumer made, and Michael Bay was like, yeah, fuck it, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think it was his idea. He's sitting there and being like, this is going to get people to make me like make a Superman movie. Go for it, Andy. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Ragu Bagu. I guess I'll do this one. We're red guys, rank bad guys. I'm joined by my never-ending crew, uh, Andy Maximum Cortez. What's up, guys? Uh, the master. <laughs> there, there it is. is. Thank you for that, uh, Kevin Coelho. <laughs> and the second, thank you. And the second best baby blue eyes. And now, if you don't look at do it, Tim, you're gonna look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. You got to do it. Okay. Kevin, could you tell Tim to stop half-assing shit? Tim, uh, stop half-assing shit. Where do we want to rank? Michael Who's Bay. the bad guy in this movie? Michael, Michael Bay. We'll say Michael He's Bay. the worst guy. <laughs> He's gonna rank as number one on this. Yeah. Okay. Let's just do that. But and the thing is, this is like game. probably gonna be number two at the end of everything, right? Probably. Of the movies. But we'll see, man. I don't know. Because because here's my thing, and there's no future spoilers, anything real. But it's just like I feel that this movie doesn't do anything the best. And I feel like some of the other ones do do things the best. They also do a lot of things the worst. Yeah. But at least there's there's more enjoyable aspects to to some of them. Isn't the bad guy typically always Megatron? I don't know, man. And friends. No future spoilers. Andy, do you see future spoilers? No, no none over here. Cool. Tim, I'm, I'm question, looking under my Kev. desk. Yeah. I don't see my Do you see any Kev? Yeah, Megan Fox leaves. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, damn. <laughs> Holy shit. shit. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, guys. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's let's get into to ranking this. Uh before we I mean we've we've kind of all given our thoughts on this. I I definitely enjoyed it. And I think that a lot of that just comes down to I want to enjoy it because I like Transformers, but um I was surprised at how well some things held up even if I didn't like those things. But the visuals and stuff, I always hate the designs of these characters, but they committed to it and I think that it 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 works more than I remember it working. But yeah, yeah. there's just way too much bullshit in this. I agree. I I I when it comes to the designs of the Transformers, I feel like this might be the least offensive of them all. Um only because 
I feel like as the movies went on, they felt the need to really ratchet up the action. And that makes it even harder to see these things and move, uh, you know, when they're moving around on screen. I remember being in theaters watching, I think, part three, maybe, and just squinting my eyes the whole time. And like, I can't I don't understand what's happening right now. Uh, but I I mean, I still enjoy the movie. I think it it's fun at moments. I don't think there's anything super offensively bad about it, but it's just it's still pretty bad in some moments, you know. Um, I, I still enjoyed it for what it was. I, I knew to sort of lower my expectations going into it. Any final thoughts, Nick and Kev? Go for it, Kev. Uh, yeah, I don't like this movie. It sucks that like this is the best that we have, you know? So yeah, here's Barrett. Oh, go for it, Nick. I was going to say, I'll second that. Like, I, I was I was actually looking forward to watching this movie because I remember it being at least fun and silly. And it's as an, as watching it back, I'm like, it's just so frustrating to watch them make not even the easy choice, just the lazy choice with every single aspect of this film, except for obviously you can tell they put a tremendous amount of time into the design of these things and to how they animate and to the action sequences. But I just wish that they, like I think the movie could have been actually a fun movie if they had backed off that and their priority would have been a decent story told through the eyes of Shia LaBeouf. Barrett writes in, and says, uh, everything Nick said about Back to the Future's perfect story structure is how I feel about the first Transformers movie. The only weird thing about the movie is the D-plot of Megan Fox's dad being a criminal. Besides that, it's the perfect movie. We should have stopped making movies after this. Shut the interview down. Okay. It doesn't okay. get better than this. I see. Okay, he just wants to piss me off today. That's what, that's what he's doing. <laughs> For a second, I was like, ah, uh, this. I was like, did Barrett write this? Or did someone hack his fucking... Here's the thing. Barrett wrote it, and I don't know how much he's fucking around. He's fucking around. He's definitely He must around. be fucking around. I mean, I think he's it's hyperbolic, but I think it's coming from a real place. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's hyperbolic. I'm just going to say he's screwing around. There's and no it's a way that movie. he feels these things in any... Anyway. I don't know, man. I just read what I was told. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny in Review for Transformers. Uh, you can join us next Tuesday for Back to the Future 2 and next Friday for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yay. Yay. Great. Yay. That's right. Yay. It's the force fight. Um, all right. Anyways, until next time. Autobots assemble. It's, did they yeah, say that? Yeah. yeah, that was good. Avengers kind of? I don't know.